The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? This is Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Keep It A Strong Style. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping It Strong Style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The ace of podcasts On the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here with the young boy Josh Smith On today's show we'll be reviewing Best of Super Junior and World Tag Leagues Night 1 and 2 Answering your questions and covering all this news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network Or keeping it strong style on the podcast app of your choice And leaving a rating and review you can also get all the podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Preston Tees store, prostantees.com slash social suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate. Click on that donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. This week's episode is brought to you by the NJPW EXT, the only Browser extension for NJPWWorld.com with features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, synchronized viewing parties, and much, much more. It takes NJPW World to the next level. You can visit NJPWEXT.us today for details. We're Young. recording, right? Yes, we are. All right. I, I just had this weird flashback to a time when we uh, went through all that, you know, gaga. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it wasn't recording. Yes, we are recording. We are well, not, not really live. We're live, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, from the Manhattan Center. <laughs> from the, the Strong Style Dojo. I believe this is Dojo number three that, that we're on right now. Um, but yeah. Is it? No, it's only second. Oh, it is. It's yeah. the third dojo. Is wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, I forgot about I forgot about one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So how you doing, man? Bro, I had a, so my mom decided to move to North Carolina. So this weekend I drove her all the way up to Charlotte, nine, 10 hour drive right after work. So literally finished entire work day, got in the car, packed up her stuff, which was literally to the brim in my, you know, little hatchback, took her up there. Played nice with the family for a day or so, then came all the way back. I stopped in Columbia to see a good friend of the show, uh, Kyle Morris. What's up, Kyle? From the um, Outsiders Edge. Yeah, the Outsiders Edge. What 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 are they on? They now? are on the uh, Chair Shot Network. Yeah, where they always use their head. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I was gonna say like uh, Lords of Pain, and then I was like, oh, I think it's like Front Page or something. I don't know. What it was. <laughs> yeah, they're on Chair Shot. So. Uh, you know, check them out. But uh, yeah, stopped, had a 
responsible, socially distanced, outdoor brief lunch with him. <laughs> and then hit the road, man. And um, I've been wiped out from that uh, wrestling training last night. Tons of bumps. I'm hurting, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You're you're killing it. Yeah, I'm killing something. <laughs> well, uh, before we jump into the show, just some Quick housekeeping items. You've probably already seen the announcement on our Twitter and Discord channel. Uh, we are switching up some release dates for Keeping It Strong Style. So obviously you know that we are now recording on Tuesday night and the show will be dropping on Wednesday. Um, that'll officially be a starting soon. So it's starting this week, but next week I think we'll have a little bit of an earlier release. Just do some scheduling stuff. And then after that... Every Wednesday morning, Keeping a Strong Style will be dropping on the network feed and our solo feed. Yeah, I saw some speculation on the Discord as to what prompted this move. Because we've been at the same time, same you know yeah, time slot last for three, years. three years. And I uh, didn't think we were going to move it. But uh, the speculation was, did it have something to do with Jacksonville? Did it have something to do with Duval County and Tony Khan? And it absolutely does. And I am... Officially signed. I am all elite. No, I'm the young boy Josh Smith <laughs> is all elite. I'll be making my in-ring debut on Dark. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my wrestling trainer Matt Seidel uh, was uh, officially he signed on the dotted line for a contract. So we used to have Wednesday night trainings. Those are no longer the case. So uh, Mondays uh, will be the day that I'll be training. Which means we got to move the show. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, congratulations to Matt Seidel. Um, that's pretty freaking awesome. I told him uh, last night, I was like, yeah, man, people are starting to speculate. You know, they're putting two and two together. And he's like, oh, no, alert the dirt sheets. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, don't let Dave get a hold of it. <laughs> yeah, the, the graphic came out today. Yeah, so Matt Seidel officially is all elite. And so, you know, keeping a strong style, we're not going anywhere, just changing days. And also the best way to keep up with the show is make sure you are subscribed to our show. There's two options. There is the Social Suplex Podcast Network feed. When you subscribe there, you get all the great shows on our network along with keeping it strong style. Or if you're just a diehard Puro fan and you only care about New Japan, you can subscribe to our solo keeping a strong style feed. But you know while, what? while while Jeremy has gone ahead and uh, shamelessly plugged us twice already within <laughs> what less than five minutes, um, I'm going to go ahead and implore you guys, uh, please leave us a rating and review. Uh, many of, I mean, the numbers are pretty astounding for how many people are listening to this weekly, and we would like to see those numbers rise as far as uh, you know viewers. And the way that happens is the algorithms really depend on you guys rating us, reviewing us. I know you probably don't rate and review anybody you listen to because I don't really. But uh, it helps us, and we're a little uh, grassroots operation. Been coming at you for three years, some of the best content out there, so we really appreciate it if you would. Yeah, leave that rating and review on both feeds. Subscribe to both feeds. Help oh, help, us, help us jack those numbers oh. up. Leave the review on both feeds. Help us uh, get over on those wrestling podcast charts. Listen to this worker. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, one last thing i got to plug, the Keeping a Strong Style year-end awards. You guys know that our voting period ended with Power Struggle, uh, the young boy and I, we are finalizing um, some nominees in some few categories. Hopefully, maybe this weekend, beginning of next week, we will um, get the ballots ready to be released for you guys to vote. 
And then, of course, we'll do our bonus episode sometime where we kind of break down all the categories and nominees. Uh, I know traditionally we have Rich Latta on for that show. I don't know if we'll have him on. Um, this I year. don't know. He's talking some bullshit about how New <laughs> Japan is dead. I don't know. <laughs> it might be a little too extreme for my taste. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, we got nineteen excursion matches we got to get through. Yeah. So we need to figure out a, a view. We between that and tag league and that's Super hard. Junior, it's hard. Yeah. But we need to get it done. We got to. Yeah. We owe so. it to the. To the people I watched There was only one That was an hour long match And I watched it And I spared you So <laughs> um, I think the rest of those We can get through They're like all less They're like 15 to 20 minutes Yeah Maybe I might crank through them Maybe on Saturday Or something I don't know Something I'll find time to do This weekend Because I definitely want to get The ballots out Next week so I'm going to get on a regimented schedule Where I'm just going to watch Like maybe two or three a day As just part of my discipline mm. Yeah, might need, might need to do that um, so that way we can get those ballots well, out. One of the matches is from OTT uh, Gods, Kings, and Monsters, and it's uh, Jeff Cobb against David Starr. And like, I Jeff, can't, Jeff Cobb versus Redacted. Yeah, versus Redacted. I can't <laughs> find it anywhere. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know. I, it's probably not going to make the list. <laughs> man, man got wiped from the internet. The rumor is that the match was fantastic, but it was you know before uh, speaking out. So I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, literally, I can't find it, though. Like, usually you can find OTT always. I can't find them. Well, maybe that just won't, will not make the list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so be on the lookout for our awards. We will drop them in the Reddit, in the Discord, on our Twitter, at KI Strongstyle. Uh, but enough of uh, putting ourselves over and plugging all of our upcoming stuff. That's we'll- all this show is, is putting ourselves over. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, let's get jumped into World Tag League Best of the Super Juniors. We had night can, one. Can, can you imagine that? Like, if I ever told you in the past, like you'd be announcing, "Well, let's get into World Tag League and the Best of the Super Juniors." Yeah, <laughs> like, that's that's absurd sounding. It, it's very weird. Um, you know what this? What it feels like to me? Um, this feels like Super Juniors light. Uh, do you remember those memes where it'd be like? Mom, can we get McDonald's? Nah, we got McDonald's at home. Yes. This is like, Gato, can we get Super Juniors? Nah, we got Super Juniors <laughs> at home. <laughs> that's what uh, that's what this is. Yeah, and so we had uh, night one on uh, Sunday, November 15th. It was a combined show for the first time in a long time. We had 10 matches, uh, three and a half hour plus show. Uh, so, young boy, what were your overall thoughts on... Royal Tag League, but Super Juniors, night one. Um, I don't want to be too critical, but, I mean, just as a general viewer, I got to say I'm not really enjoying the format very much. Uh, it's just too drawn out. That's not to say the wrestling's bad, but, I mean, it is, it's something. Remember I said the other week that I was fearful that we're right around the, the corner from dome season. This is the time of the year where wrestlers take it easy. And the you normally the first night at least the very very first night of World Tag League even the World Tag League is not usually like the greatest thing, the first night usually has quite a few bangers you know and you can mm-hmm. you're like oh man maybe this year it's really they turn things around, but this year not to say it was bad but it felt like a night, like eight tag league night yeah and like the matches were graciously pretty much kept short but they had to be because there was ten matches on the card. Um, I mean, the main event was awesome, but, uh, 
I don't know. It just didn't feel like Super Juniors to me. It, it, it definitely feels like Tag League to a certain degree, which, you know, associating Super Juniors with Tag League isn't necessarily the best thing in the world because it's kind of their lowest level, you know, tournament. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did have a question here from Reddit user PCN91 asking, what do you think about the format of the combined versus Super Junior World Tag League show? He says, I felt exhausted by the end of it just watching it, let alone being there live. I have, yeah. a, I have a friend who was there live on Aichi, and he said many people had left before the main event, and for those who stayed, they were out out the door as soon as the bell rang for the end of the last match. It's especially interesting as due to COVID-19, they have been asking crowds to stay seated until the end of the show, until their section of seating is called, and they can leave. But I noticed after Hiromu's promo, the place was already cleared out. Yeah, I noticed uh, watching it back, and... Uh Full disclosure, ladies and gentlemen, I have not watched night two yet. Uh, you heard my crazy schedule, so um, I just finished night one tonight, and I noticed that when he was doing his promo, it was like, you know, a quarter-filled arena because half the people had already left. Right, and I definitely agree with you uh, and PSAN91. Um, not a huge fan of the format. You know, it's been a while since we had that, like, three-and-a-half-hour-plus show, and you know what? I don't mind a three and a half hour plus show if you know it's going to be a solid stacked card. You know your, your Wrestle Kingdoms, these big pay per views that kind of go along and have these kind of stacked cards. Uh, but for a, a World Tag League slash you know Best Super Junior Light, not sure how I'm digging those those combined shows, and it just felt really really long. Even though the matches were kind of in and out, like you mentioned, ten matches kind of get in and out. The the semi main and main. Uh, got a little bit more time than some of the earlier stuff, but yeah, it just felt really long to get through. One other reason that it felt prolonged is I'm starting to stream now um, to my Chromecast for the first time since they did the uh, the update and got rid of the app. And I've noticed that it, it plays fine. You can play it from the actual app. A lot of people were concerned about that. You couldn't. You can. But one thing, I don't know if other people are running into this. I cannot fast forward mm. at all. Nothing. So I have to sit there. And, like, sit through the cleaning, sit through all the entrances. And, you know, generally, I don't do that if it's Japanese commentary. I I'll, I might stick around for English commentary because they might be filling in some gaps or something. But, like, on Japanese, I pretty much skip unless I feel like there's a, you know, an angle or something coming up. And, right. Uh, yeah, man, I felt all of that three and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I turned it on. I was like, oh, my gosh. I think it was like three hours and 41 minutes was the exact time. I was just like, jeez. The thing is, if you're going to, like you said, I'm fine with three and a half hours, but if you're going to do it, it better be blow away. Right. Um, you know. The, the good news, there's only, what, two other nights where they're doing this? It's the last two nights? Right. And then, so the rest of the tour before then, it'll be alternating. So, uh, you know, we had the, the first big show on the 15th. On the 16th, we had the World Tag League show. Then tomorrow, or today, as you're probably listening to this show, we'll have uh, the next best of Super Junior night. The best of the Super Juniors. Yes. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, no, I'm just emphasizing uh, the fact that it's the best <laughs> of the Super Juniors. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the rest of y'all that got left out, y'all wasn't the best. <laughs> <laughs> so all y'all in the Super J Cup, yeah, y'all ain't the best. Yeah, second the the the, the what, what would you, I don't know? I don't have a good thing. <laughs> I'm tired, bro. I'm delirious. Uh, you're the Booker of ROH. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get let's talk about these uh, this, this first night World Tag League Best Super Juniors. Uh, also, I don't think we really need to go. Blow by blow by blow here, but we can kind of talk about just our overall thoughts on the matches, any kind of highlights or angles that might have happened in these matches. So, 
Uh, we kicked off the first night opening up of a World Tag League match. We had the reuniting duo of Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Yano, the yeah. lineal provisional KOPW champion. Why would you announce that? <laughs> <laughs> Defeating the Bullet Club team, we have a returning Bad Luck Fale, the underboss, teaming up with the Crown Jewel Chase Owens. We had the Chaos team defeating the Bullet Club team, 5 minutes and 35 seconds. I was um, out of town and my girlfriend decided she's gonna watch this without me, so I was like, "Cool." And then she hits me up, and she was like, "This show sucks." <laughs> she's like, "It's boring. There's nothing been good so far." And she's like, "And who the heck was that bad luck guy? He is terrible." <laughs> I was like, "He's very important to uh, the infrastructure of New Japan." She's like, "I don't care. He is an awful pro wrestler." And I was like I was just laughing bro um, Ishii and Yano back together um, You know Yano can try to flirt around with other You know team members Flirt around with your Colt Cabanas Try to go back to uh, Togi Magabe Different people like that But uh, it's always your tried and true that you come back to <laughs> Yep so yeah him. Yeah, Last year you mentioned yeah, he was teaming up with uh, Cabana In the tag league So yeah back here for his normal tag league partner Tomohiro Ishii Um you know, not much to say about this match. I mean, uh, it is what it was. What it was, um, you know, the finish came down to Toriano pinning uh, Fale with Chase on top of Fale, and Yano was on top of Chase, or was it the other way around? Uh, was Fale on top of Chase? I can't remember. Either way, he so st- I, he stacked I, them and pinned them. Even though I complained about how uh, hard it was to get through this, and it was. Kind of was treating watching this sort of like you know like a lower level road to show honestly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like like I'm I was kind of like doing stuff and watching it but no for I yeah that was pretty much a finish yeah and so I mean just kind of a goofy kind of Yano match Yano finish there outsmarting uh, the Bullet Club duo of Fale and Chase uh, we did have um, a beatdown of Yano uh, after the match from Fale. And we had a question here about that from Reddit user Germanis. He says, I'm going to try and set the North American record for the question you you care least about. After the first match where Bad Luck Fale beat down Toriano, was that to set up a KOPW 2020 provisional title defense at World Tag League Finals? I don't know that that's the case, but I mean, I wouldn't, um, you know, put it outside of the realm of possibilities. Now, one thing I will say, if this... If the lifespan of this gimmick was <laughs> Okada being sidelined so that he could introduce this thing, the goofy, wacky, you know, uh, qualifying matches with the voting and just the terrible press conference and everything surrounding that that we end up getting leading to Jingu, the four-way that a lot of people hated with the comedy roll-up victory of Yano and then... Yano's reign basically just being, you know, treated like a joke. You know, the trophy just being like a prop piece, and then, you know, him a win- trinket. Yeah, it's like a little trinket. A it's toy. a it's a Christmas toy. Toy. It's a it's an ornament on a Christmas tree. You know, <laughs> and then him, uh, you know, tying up Zach. If they cat like if the finale of this entire thing's lifespan is him against Fale at the end of the year, and that determines who the winner is. Put this thing in the garbage can. Put it in the bin. Everybody that went to cap for this thing and, you know, try to lie on it and act like this was such a great idea and it was going to be this, you know, this this new, fun, interesting thing. 
um, you know, come eat this L. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the funny, the one thing, though, is, like, my concern was, like, that they were going to bastardize the, the promotion by, like, introducing, like, needless gimmicks. And they didn't even, luckily, they didn't even do that. Instead, I them treating it like a joke was maybe the best actual outcome that we could have asked for because probably not coming back next year, which right. It's yeah, it's going to get swept under the rug and it's going to be like a thing. Like you mentioned, I think a couple weeks ago, like Giannis is going to have the trophy and, and that's going to be the end of it. Like, so unless Fale beats him, I could see Fale beating him. How, how perfect would it be? Fale wins the title and then it just goes off into obscurity. He just, he, or he breaks it and that's, that's how it ends. <laughs> Beach Island gets mad, just breaks the trophy. Well, but you've got to keep in mind the trophy is just a trophy. The title is the title. Mm. The trophy only represents the title. He would still be the lineal provisional KOPW. Even if he rejects it? Well, he can't reject the title. It's being bestowed upon him by the IWGP. Mm. Well, is IWGP in charge of KOPW? Maybe because Ishiko Kata's in charge of it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. Oh, man. They're, they're the governing body. I mean, they govern never, right? Do they? Is there a never body and an IWGP body? Are they those two different things? There might be a never division of the IWGP body. I mean, it's not called the IWGP never open weight. Right, exactly. It's the never open. Do you think that there's a never body? Maybe that's why it's been booked so well this year. It's not being booked <laughs> by Gato. Somebody else is booking it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Booker? What is a booker? We're talking about a governing body, sir. Anyways, let's. we spent too much time. Let's talk about Watto and uh, Yuyi Mora. Yeah, so our first Best of Super Junior match we had. Master Watto accompanied by Tenzon defeating Yuyi Mora. Four minutes and 14 seconds. And what a four minutes it was. Yuyi Mora coming out like a house on fire. Um, taking it to Master Watto, getting that near submission. I thought that Yamora was going to tap Watto out there for a second. <laughs> that would have been funny. Um, you know, it's, oh, man, you know, people are not going to like me saying this, but this is just the truth. I think Yu Yamora right now, before he's gone on excursion, is already better than Watto has ever been. I I, I don't think it's a hot take. I, I agree with you there. And, you know, we're, we're talking about this, you know. Off- oh, you know what's funny? I was assuming there's probably like some like old heads that like remember, you know, Kawato when he was raw, and think. But the majority of the listeners probably only know him as Watto anyway. So right, well, I was gonna say like it's we, probably not that hot of a take. We talked about it off the air. It's like man, he was so much better when he was a young lion, and he was you know one of the kind of the top of the class when we started doing this show. You know why? Because he worked fundamentals. He worked Japanese style, and then he went to Mexico and he tried to. To learn that funky lucha libre, that rich lad of pro wrestling with all the fucking flips, <laughs> and they ruined that man. Yeah, man, he used to be raw. He used to be, you know the trouble in paradise and the young lions matches. Be like, <laughs> this man's gonna be something one day. <laughs> Do you remember? Um, yeah, bro. People be like, he should be the next Tiger Mask. He should be the next uh, Juice Liger. Liger. And we we're like, nah, he's gonna be a star. And then Watto came out. Um, do you remember that promo that one time that Paul Heyman cut on uh, Vince McMahon right before the uh, Survivor Series um, pay per view, and like he was like talking. To, do you remember that the shoot the shoot interview Paul Heyman does? It's like really incredible. Is that built into like the invasion? No, it's it's building to Survivor Series, like the last pay per view before the invasion ended. 
Uh, and that was like if they, if they lost, like the it, guy, the yeah, guy, they're done. I don't remember from now. He comes out, he cuts this incredible promo, talks about how Vince McMahon's a scumbag, and he ran all the promoters out of town, and you know, basically changed wrestling, and wrestling was, you know, now it's sports entertainment, blah blah blah. He stole all his ideas from Paul Heyman, but then at the end, he points to Taz, and he's like, "Look at this man! He was a killer. <laughs> he was a machine." He was a wrestler, but you made that a dirty word, didn't you, Vince? Now look at him. He's just a pudgy, unironic, fat commentary loser. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I feel about Watto. This man was a wrestler. And then they try to turn him into a luchador. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, here with, with, it, with the finish, I don't know quite what he was trying to do here with the finish. It looked like it was some kind of... Scoop slam, reverse DT type of driver thing. Uh, didn't got quite all of it, so not quite sure what he was doing there. Not sure. I mean, here's the big talking point for me. Um, uh, you did a great job recapping kind of what happened here. Originally, last week we went off the air and we were kind of counting on the fact that Kanemaru was, you know, going to be one of the lead guys in this tournament. Uh, you look at how many major, like, semi-main events, main events he was going to be involved in. It was very clear that he was going to be a focal point in the tournament. And on the first night, he was supposed to semi-main event with Master Watto. And I think most people would have probably assumed Watto was going to end up getting the uh, the win back from the loss. What was that, Jingu? Jingu, yeah. And uh, that was probably going to be pretty important, but uh, Kenimura was injured. They replaced him with uh, Yuya Yamura. Which is very interesting as far as replacements go because Yuya Mora is a young lion and it's very likely uh, that he will be going winless in the tournament. So that changes the booking entirely. It changes, I mean, look at this match. Instead of being the semi main event, <laughs> it goes to being literally the opening, you know, um, super junior match on, on the night. So um, I thought the match was fine. I thought Yamora looked good. I thought Watto still looked like he needed some work. Um, the the move that you're talking about though, that's Tenzan's finisher. Mm. I don't know if you noticed. Um, they I, I saw something online where like I think how they're gonna try and revitalize Watto is they they showed him learning all the major moves and finishers of Tenzan. So like they're kind of telling a story where he's his mentor and he's gonna adopt a lot of his like signature moves which I, those moves at one point were really over with the audience i don't know if this current audience really remembers that stuff but uh yeah that's kind of what they were going for there gotcha i, I figured it might have been something like that but it just didn't come off well so i don't know uh we do have some questions here on this match um a couple questions here from kevin from dc he says it's really exciting to see Yuya Mora get a spot in but Super Juniors, even via an injury to Kanamaru. Obviously, it's very unlikely he earns even one win. But on Wrestling Observer this week, Uncle Dave stated that Gato's basically going to rebook this entire tournament to account for Kanamaru's wins that Yuromura is not getting. I find this completely ludicrous because of my for my money, Kanamaru wasn't getting many wins at all. Let's say six or more points equals obvious reshuffling of the booking. Did you guys see Kanemaru earning at least three wins? Yeah. Necessitating a complete restructuring of the tournament. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I, I'm i not caught up on Observer or anything like that, so I I didn't, I didn't, haven't heard his take on anything since Kanemaru, like was injured, but 100%. Um, the evidence is right there that he was going to be involved in quite a few semi-main events and main events. If you looked at the, the original schedule, 
Um, he always plays spoiler or upset artist in these tournaments. Right. He's he's the one guy that is always going to get, not just one, he gets several upsets yeah. in these best super junior tournaments. He's that one guy you just think is not going to, you think, oh, because, you know, he's kind of a pin guy in Suzuki Goon. Um, no, he's, uh, you know, a, a crafty veteran. He's been around for a while, solid worker. He, he can have a solid match. And then because, obviously, Suzuki Goon and kind of their tactics, he can... Easily, Satori surprise, you know, low blow roll up, you know, use a ref distraction, and Katamaro can pin pretty much pin anyone and get wins. Yeah, that's the situation. So um, they absolutely would have had to completely rebook the entire thing, given the fact that they enter. And that's the point I was trying to make earlier. Not that Yuya Moore doesn't deserve to be in, but that it does necessitate an entire rebooking of the tournament at that point. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. You know how that really affects everything. Um, the signature move or the finisher that it's the uh, the TTD, the Tenzan Tombstone Driver. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a sit out cradle reverse pile driver. So gotcha. Yeah, and then there's the Tenzan Tombstone, which it's like a kneeling cradle version of it. And I saw him working on that too um, in the pictures they showed. So I won't be surprised if he's doing. Diving headbutts, anaconda vices, and stuff like that during Mon- the Mongolian set. chops. Oh yeah, Tenzan does that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, next question from Cameron DC says: I know the goal of any type of power driver is not to actually spike the opponent's head on the ground. However, that new finisher by Master Wato certainly does not slap. Since this is the official podcast of jumping to conclusions far, far faster than they should, I now offer you sixty seconds to bitch about Master Wato and how he was likely regressed since his young lion's days. <laughs> Your time starts now. <laughs> well, uh, here on Keeping a Strong Style, not only do we uh, jump the gun, but we also like to stay uh, ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we already did this, <laughs> and uh, you know what's funny? I didn't even um, this week because I'm so I'm so like you know uh, I almost feel jet lagged, even though I was in the same time zone. I haven't read any of the. Qu- I don't know what questions are coming this week, so like I didn't even know we were doing that. Yeah. I wish I would have. I would have saved it, you know, to honor Kevin. <laughs> well, he, he's got plenty more uh, questions, so we can uh, honor him later on. Did did he spike uh, Yumora's head? Uh, he didn't. I think that that was his complaint. Oh, so like he was too far away. Yeah, like it, I mean, better too far away than uh, you know. Plant the guy. The problem was he was safe, Josh. Listen, uh, this man was protecting his, you know, his opponent. There was cooperation. Uh, obvious cooperation. Yeah, that's the name of the game, brother. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm gonna start saying brother. I'm allowed to now. I'm. I'm also allowed to start saying daddy. <laughs> that's so, the name of the game, daddy. Are, are you gonna start referring to us all as marks now? I already do that. <laughs> I always did that. What are you talking about? Bro, every every week Jeremy sends me the numbers and I'm like, this many listeners? Ha 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 ha. Fucking marks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh next question here from uh, the Discord. Stale Burger Bun says, Can you come up with a gimmick for a young boy returning from excursion worse than Great Ocon and Master Watto? You know, um, I'm not really going to complain about Ocon too much. Like, uh, they're already rehabbing the gimmick, and, like, he just started, so I'm not really too worried about it. Uh, Watto, I think there's more complaint for Watto because the guy's been back for, I mean, when he came back during the, um, 
what's it called during New Japan Cup, right? Yeah, that the, was the, the final show. So I mean, what when was that? June, July? Yeah, it was like June or Ju- yeah, maybe like the end of July because it was going into it was before Dominion, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not even really too concerned about the gimmick. There's a lot of gimmicks that I think shouldn't necessarily work that just do. What I'm worried about is the work. You know, right. uh, that's the big problem for me. But, um, hey, some people don't like the gimmicks. I get it. Uh, you know, can you come up with a gimmick for a young boy returning that's worse? I'm, I'm sure you could. I mean, th- there could be way worse. There's been a lot of terrible gimmicks. I Remember mean, Naked Midian? Yeah. I mean, he could, um, you know, have a split personality and be like a Mr. Rogers character and do like a kid's TV show and then switch to some... Unstoppable monster that's in love with a, you know one of the women wrestlers you know he could be like an American file I don't know what the what the word is uh, but he could just like come in and like rock Trump shit and uh, he could be a MAGA yeah he, yeah bro he could come in and be a MAGA guy <laughs> yeah. which is fine hey if if you are that's fine whatever but uh, that wouldn't necessarily be a great Japanese pro wrestling like gimmick yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could come in. He could be a, a modern-day Majoraha. I mean, he could come in and, like, be a heavyweight, but he's not a heavyweight and, like, walk around like he's, like, that might get over, actually. You mean, like, <laughs> Crash Holly? Yeah, like Crash Holly. <laughs> he's 5,000 pounds or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not really too worried about any of that. What I am worried about is the work and... The fact that, A, this guy hasn't adjusted anything about his gimmick since he came back, and it's clear there's clearly issues there. And then, B, the work isn't really, hasn't improved. It wasn't good when it was in Mexico. So, uh, yeah, I'm concerned. And I'm also concerned because I feel like they might, might win this shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So um, let's talk about a guy who has readjusted. So we had our next World Tag League match. We have the Empire Great Ocon and X X was revealed to be Jeff Cobb. And Damn, <laughs> Ocon and Cobb they defeat uh, Hinar Ace Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toa Hanare <laughs> two minutes and twenty eight seconds. That's delightful, Hinar Ace. <laughs> hey, that that's their team name. That's it's official. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, nice. Do are, are, wait? Are they showing the graphics with the people with the tag names on them? No, but on like the New Japan website, oh. it's, it says uh, Hanares. The old tag leagues, they used to like show the graphics, and then they would have like these makeshift like tag team names that came from out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> They'd be so weird. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, two minutes twenty eight seconds. The Empire wins. Uh, Jeff Cobb, the big surprise. Oka still has the Jing, uh, the Jiangshi question mark. Thing in front of his face but long gone is the hopping long gone is the, the puffy pants yeah the puffy pants the stiff arm movements all that instead this man came out in wrestlers attire real gear came out looking like a badass like he should so i mean i'm not too worried about the gimmick and you know what? i kind of like that there's still this allusion to the jangshi stuff because it kind of ties into his mongolian okan thing but he's not Acting as though he is the actual, uh, you know, hopping undead from <laughs> from, yeah. from the King Dynasty or whatever. Yeah. So uh, I kind of dig it. And he can't. Dude. Um, Oka and Jeff Cobb. We I mean, we didn't know who Oka's like. Uh, I need to call him Okan. We didn't know who Okan's partner was going to be last week. So we couldn't really like correctly predict 
the trajectory of the team, but with Jeff Cobb, they could they could either be in the finals or even win this tag league. Yeah, I mean, they could be a, a pretty unstoppable team. Uh, I loved Ocon's new look. You know, he came out, and I, I saw him come out. I was like, oh, okay, change it up. I thought, yeah, like you mentioned, you know, real wrestler's gear. I thought he looked raw, changed the, the robe up. He's wearing like a black robe now. Um, Watto, take note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so already readjusting the gimmick uh, and just, you know, some minor tweaks here. Already looks a whole uh, ton better. And then, uh, like we mentioned, X was Jeff Cobb. Also, we heard the rumors from Uncle Dave that Jeff Cobb was supposed to be a member of the Empire, was supposed to come in earlier as a member of the Empire. Um, I had a thought the other day. You know, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, the Empire, they're thinking of, like, the British Empire. They're thinking of, like, you know, the nationalistic aspect of it. But hearing what the booking was supposed to be and that, like, uh, Chris Jericho allegedly was supposed to have been involved with them, what if the idea of the Empire wasn't, like, nationalistic, but it's, like, an allusion to Star Wars. <laughs> and like, you know, basically, uh, Will Ospreay is Vader, but then, you know, freaking, um, em- the Emperor Palpatine, that's it's Jericho. Jericho. Mm. I was like, what if, what, and what if it's leading to that? What if he's like the power behind the empire? The higher power? Yeah, the higher power. <laughs> what if he comes out in a fucking maroon robe? <laughs> It was me, Tanahashi. <laughs> it was me all along, <laughs> baby. <laughs> baby. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, so if that happens, we called it first. Yes. Fuck ahead, Dave Meltzer. Ahead. Uh, so we, we have a lot of questions here. I think that could lead into some talking points about um, this match and Okan and Cobb. So first from Reddit user Viking Pain says, Thoughts on Oka's new gear. He says, I like it. I thought the Jiangxi look was dumb from the get-go, and I'm glad he dropped it. So pretty much kind of covered that already. Uh, next question here from our user BrokenMug64. says, how about your thought on Cobb turning heel? Um, I didn't listen to the promo, but I saw that he did a promo, and he basically said the reason he was turning was because of the fans. And I think it's, you know, uh, interesting you look at the uh, world or that the G one he had, and then he dropped that last match on the final night to Utro. Uh, yeah, and that seemed to be something that uh, <clears throat> might have potentially been like, oh man, like he had this good G one, but then fucking lost to Utro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he needs to change something. And uh, you know, I di- I'm gonna listen to that promo, but uh, the, the basic gist of it, from what I gathered online, was that he's blaming the fans. You know, it's yeah. it's because of you people that yeah. <laughs> uh, that I've decided to join the Empire. y'all and support me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, um, I think it's good. You know, we talked about this guy needing to have something that like ties him in, something that uh, you know, helps us to invest and gives him a reason, you know, to kind of be there and everything. And he's, I mean, literally made his debut with the company during the G one or the tag league that we covered three years ago. And uh, it doesn't seem like that, but he's been pretty regular with the company for quite a few years now. And right. it's only now that he's, like, I guess signed that it, they're starting to actually invest in him. Yeah. You know, like we mentioned last week, I would have preferred if there was a little bit more of a, a buildup to this, some more of a tease um, to Cobb kind of being revealed as X and being a part of the Empire, more of a little bit build there. Um, but honestly, I'm sure... 
with you know the original booking plans of the Empire being changed, at least of what we're told, and just the way things have rolled out, they kind of had to do it this way. But I am fine with Cobb being heel. Honestly, I think Cobb works better as a heel. Um, we, when we've seen him as a heel as uh, Matanza Cueto and Lucha Underground. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, am I exposing the business? <laughs> um, don't don't let fucking uh, grave consequences hear you. <laughs> Bro, every week they're on the show, like you know, kayfabe and you know who the characters are and what the stories are going to be because they they expect. You know, no one to like look it up after five years. You know? <laughs> you're right, and you're over here. Matanza Cueto is uh, that bro? It's not even gonna be revealed till next season, and you're like, oh, it's Jeff Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> and Spoil- I, and, spoiler alert! And you know what? I don't even know that that actually is the case. That's a rumor. Okay. Mm, okay. Well, God. so we we see we have an idea of what Cobb maybe could have been <laughs> as a heel in Lucha Underground. <laughs> Uh, he's been healing other promotions. He was recently a heel on AEW when he was like the hired, you know, hitman for the Inner Circle and Chris Jericho. Um, and I thought he did great in that role in that match with Mox. And I think he just works better as a heel, kind of more of a bruiser and just kind of that more of that attitude that we're kind of looking for. Uh, I feel when he's in the, in the babyface mode, I think he just kind of tends to go in this kind of the indie style of just I want to do cool moves. And not necessarily, you know, be as aggressive or kind of be that bruiser that he should be. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't really agree with you in the sense that I haven't seen enough of him as a heel to make a definitive claim as to what I think he is or is not capable of just yet. But, uh, you know, and I didn't even really see the killer instinct here because in this match a lot. I mean, not to say he didn't get his stuff in, but it was 2 minutes, 28 seconds. They pretty much primarily just attacked Hinari and it looked like a lot of it was um you know Okan so uh it's gonna be interesting to see how he kind of develops but he's needed an edge right so this is probably good my only real thing is like who's the pin eater that's why I think they might do well in the tournament because I'm like they now they might go the route that they have in the past with when they have two guys that are on similar level playing field and they might both eat a couple pinfalls. But um, I think they're going to be like right there at the top when it's all said and done. I don't see them going more than four losses max. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah they're a powerful team. And so, but uh, you know, spoiler alert, we'll talk about who, who the pin eater is on uh, night two of world tag league. Oh, see, cause I haven't seen it yet. So I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. So it's probably Jeff Cobb. Uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, so uh, next question here from our user Rambo and Slam Pig. Do you think they will bring someone in to fill the junior A slot of the Empire? If so, is anyone on the roster a good fit? I could see either show or yo leaving chaos at some point if Rapungi 3K has run its course. ELP would also fit with the Empire vibe. What do you think? A lot of people are speculating Robbie Eagles. I'm not as tied into that theory as everyone else, but, you know, people really are like buying into that uh theory um just because of the connection between him and osprey so right i'll see pre uh covid you know birds of prey we saw all that, that big storyline that you know robbie finally coming to chaos turning on book club then forming this team and you know osprey was you know the one that really wanted to bring um eagles into new japan to kind of be with him and so if, if i was him i'd use oku uh, Michael Oku? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he just turned heel, so he's already heel over in the other companies. The you know champion of Rev Pro, 
You got the two champions. That's right. Yeah, he defeated a ELP. I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean it, it, that makes a lot of sense to me. And he's someone that the company was already looking to. Remember, he won the um, British J Cup right. the other year. So I would bring in. Oh, that's who. If it was me, that's who I'd bring in. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense instead of um, turning somebody else on the roster. Plus us. <laughs> That's how you uh, confuse the listeners. <laughs> uh, so uh, moving on to this next question here uh, from Rambo and Slam Pig. He says, if my heart, it hurt my heart to see Tanahashi and Hanara get squashed the way they did. What do you see next for the ace? What about Hanare? Let's be clear here. Ace didn't get squashed. That shit falls on Hanare. <laughs> Bitch ass. <laughs> This man was doing all this Muay Thai training. Yeah, bro. This man been in isolation and quarantine, <laughs> in the best shape of his life. Yeah, learn, well. learn all these these kicks, these strikes. This man came out here, ate a job. Yeah, bro, that shit don't work. Learning all them funky Muay Thai moves. <laughs> Why don't you be a real man? Learn some wrestling holds. Learn, learn how, how to <laughs> grapple. <laughs> Learn how to apply a hole, son. Yeah, where the fuck was your fighting spirit? <laughs> Two minutes and 28 seconds? Got your ass beat. <laughs> Tanahashi didn't even get to tag in, bro. I guarantee you if Tanahashi tagged in, that shit wouldn't have happened. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I guess I guess the IWGP wasn't wrong for keeping Hanare out of the G1. Right. Man, can you imagine? I guess they were right to put Yujiro in. At least he got one win. <laughs> Held his own. This man got his ass beat by a young boy, Oka. Come on. Yeah, it it, 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 it it was kind of surprising seeing them get steamrolled so quickly. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Hanare has been making improvements, and you're just thinking, you know, at what point does he get elevated past this, you know, young lion slash, you know, pin eater phase? And obviously, the time is not there yet, you know, him getting steamrolled. And obviously, they're telling the story with Tanahashi of just kind of, you know, being... You know, on, on the, the the decline, and so that kind of played into this this matchup as well. So, yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, what can you say? Hanari's been gone; it's been due to COVID. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, you know, um, as far as Tanahashi, I think a lot of people were very concerned how there was after the match. There was a beatdown. They took a chair to Tanahashi. And I think uh, a lot of people are concerned that this is some sort of implication that there's going to be, you know, um, some style of match between these guys uh, leading into Tokyo Dome. I don't know that that is the case, to be honest. But, uh, I mean, it, it was only the first night, so I don't know what they're doing with the Empire. Right. In, in the post, the beatdown on Tanahashi, that could have been just to set up Tanahashi having an easier, like, Working easier in the matches. Like, he has an excuse not to go all out on his tour. Yeah, it, I don't know. To me personally, it just felt like a self-contained story. It didn't feel like an overarching uh, angle the way that they would usually put emphasis on something. And maybe it is. Maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my initial reaction was like, oh, maybe they are. Because, you know, Tanahashi, we have a question here from uh, EMDS PR. What the heck is Tanahashi going to do for Wrestle Kingdom? It's not, it's not quite clear. Right. What the ace is doing, and we speculated maybe a, a he's match. working with the dads, bro. <laughs> Eight man tag, <laughs> him Kojima tends on <laughs> in the open Nagata and open match. Yeah, bro. Um, Nakanishi said, "I'm giving you my spot," <laughs> just like Arn Anderson did to Kurt Henning. 
uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's the case. But uh, yeah, we, we speculated last week. You know, may potentially you know Shingo never title match, maybe a match a rematch with like Sonata or something like that. But they they could you know if they, they really want to push Ocon and get him on on a big stage um, early in his career, they could do a match with Tanahashi. I thought this was just something to get some heat. That's all I thought it was personally. I could be wrong, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. See how it plays out. And plus, especially since it's happened the first night. Maybe if it was more towards the end of the tour, it, it might make more sense for a dome match. But it just, I don't know. It just didn't seem, it seemed like a really short angle. They like attacked him and got out of there. That's just kind of like one of those like little heat grabbing things. You know, it didn't feel like, yeah. So, um, Kevin from DC has asked Jeff Cobb formerly debuted as a member of the empire. We can finally stop talking about the mysterious X's. Uh, now that we can all see how Cobb wrestles as part of this new team, I don't really get it. He didn't change his gear, mess with his look, or really alter his wrestling style that much. He even continued to use Tour of the Islands as his finisher. Although it is one of the coolest moves in the wrestling, uh, without a doubt, I also thought if they brought in someone a little lower on the totem pole, that person could eat some losses while protecting Okan. It's almost like they want to go all the way with this team. Um, what are your thoughts on the Empire business so far? Yeah, I mean, so far, I mean, based off, well, we're talking about night one here. Night one, they just came across super dominant. Obviously, it looks like these are, these guys are going to be players throughout this tournament. Um, you got two strong guys here. Um, besides night two, I don't think they're going to be eating many more losses after that. Um, and so far, the one thing I really like is the fact that they're not really cheating. They did, you know, bum rush these guys before the bell. But besides that, they pretty much just wrestled clean for the most part. Um, so really happy for that. No, you know, pushing the ref down or ref bumps or any shenanigans or running. You know, we had no Osprey, no B Priestley. Um, so that's very encouraging to see that we're going to have a, a heel faction that are just kind of, you know, badasses that can just run over people. Uh, and, and the heat is that they're, they're beating your favorites up. Um, so I think that's good so far. Um, I wouldn't complain. To, to me, when they brought in Jeff Cobb, it I was glad that they didn't do a complete 180 because – for me, it wouldn't have made a lot of sense for him to just be completely different out of nowhere with no buildup. Right. Uh, in fact, he wasn't even, and correct me if I'm wrong, I felt like Oka was the one basically using the chair on Tanahashi, and Cobb was just kind of standing there like heavy, wasn't doing much. And I was like, I don't want to read into it too much, say he was conflicted, but he hadn't gone full on, like, you know. Then you see the the promo later. And, you know, there are some shades of gray in New Japan. So, I mean, who knows what his story arc within this group is even going to be. But there's plenty of time if he does want to adjust some things or, or make some changes to kind of, like, uh, align himself more with the group going forward. Plenty of time for that, you know. It's not like, uh, you know, Triple H didn't show up first day for DX and suddenly have, you know, spray-painted green <laughs> DX stuff all over his shit. Right, yeah. Man was still a blue blood. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It takes time. Let, let the... Let it simmer. Let, just let, a, let it cook. Yeah, let it cook, man. It's fine. You know, one thing he could do, he, he could uh, pull Shelton Benjamin and put the X in his middle name. He could be Jeff X Cobb. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess he could. <laughs> Except for, like, the X thing was, like, kind of like a, you know, you know what I'm saying? No? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Malcolm X reference. Oh, that. okay. So, I mean, I don't know. Mm. That that was like an allusion to like the nation of Islam. I don't know if Jeff Cobb wants to be coming out here calling himself X, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh moving on to the next matchup here. Best Super Juniors. We have the return of the sniper of the skies, Robbie Eagles. He defeats Doki, ten minutes and thirty-five seconds. 
thought it was pretty good. Um, Rob Eagles has new music, right? No, it's, it's the same uh, solo music. Man, I don't remember his music. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he does have new entr- new gear, new entrance attire. I yep. thought his uh, his new look was pretty awesome. I thought the match was good, you know? Uh, yeah, I really enjoy this match. I, I love Robbie Eagles' offense, and I, I just love how everything kind of builds that Raw Miller special. You know, that, yeah. that single leg drop to the knee, the 450 splash to the knee. Um, just some, everything he does, he does it in an innovative way that eventually leads to that Ron Miller special. Well, one thing I don't like in wrestling, and this is just nitpicky, I don't like when something happens that um, would never happen for anybody else. So, like, for instance, remember, like, Del Rio used to do the double stomps to the, the guy that's uh, the, the, in the, the hangman. The trio woe position. Yeah, the trio woe position. Okay, that never really worked for me. Because the person is holding themselves up by the ropes and it's like an unnatural position. Or like Cena's leg drop while the person is in a crouched over position. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make sense, you know. But then I've seen someone else recently. I don't remember who it was. They did the same Del Rio spot, but the way that they did it was they pulled the person up. Mm, I know what you're talking about, yeah. And then jumped up and did, did it. And so it wasn't the person having to. Now, did they still grab with the free arm? Did they grab the rope? Yeah. But they're being pulled up, you know what I mean? So the person is setting it up. Um, Robbie has some things in his um, match, most notably the 450 to the leg. Like, nobody else does that. It's, like, kind of unnatural. But he's calculated in how he does it, and he is clearly aiming for it, and he sets the shit up. I like it when guys are going to, if they're going to do something unique, they set it up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even like the 619, you know, a lot of people don't like the 619. Like, oh, when do you ever fall into that position? But like, you know, oftentimes it's Ray kicking the legs out from underneath them to, to basically set it up on right. purpose. Or doing like a drop toe hold into that into position. It. Yeah. yeah. So like, I like when people aim for that sort of thing. And like, he always sets up the Ron Miller special with that uh, 540 or 450? 450, yeah. 450, yeah. So uh, I like that. Yeah, I thought Doki looked good as well. You know, I, I love his, uh, his springboard. Um, uh, outside to the inside ET thing he does, uh, you know, he tried to set up that suplex de Luna, which uh, Eagles reverse into a great near fall into a cradle. But yeah, Doki looked good. Eagles look good. Looking forward to seeing both of these guys uh, in the rest of the tournament. Bro, we lost Kanemaru and really we got Doki and Yumoria. <laughs> Yumoria. <laughs> uh, but Robbie Eagles picks up two points, moves on. Um, next match of the night, Dangerous Techers. Against the team of chaos, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, a rematch of uh, the recent great match that they had for the uh, tag team titles. Ten minutes, twenty nine seconds. I thought this was one of the best matches of the evening. Yeah, it was a, a pretty good match. Uh, I think it started off a little bit slow uh, with Tai Chi and Saber, cause kind of uh, cheating, you know, choking them out with the cable on the outside. It's kind of building up some heat. Uh, but then once you got kind of toward the middle of the match, things really picked up there. We kind of got that fast pace that we've been seeing. Uh, from Goto and Yoshihashi, and then Dangerous Techers, uh, such a great team, um, how they work together. And then the finish just kind of came out of nowhere with um, Saber ending up rolling up Yoshihashi. Yeah, and um, was this the match where I think Yoshihashi tried to reverse the roll-up and then Saber reversed it and then finished him? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I like the match a lot. Uh, it's not like a blow-away or, you know, a notebook match or anything, but out of most of the tag matches I saw this evening, Dangerous Techers, again, it, you know, leading the pack in another Super Juniors. This is uh, the third year in a row now. So 
that's pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, you know, I thought that Goto Yoshiashi were going to get the win here since they lost the title match to set up a, a potential maybe another rematch. Nah, bro, their their story arc is done. <laughs> Eat this L. Go back to never. This is the IWGP League. <laughs> but uh, they move on. Um, after that, we had show against Bushi. 10 minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah, so another uh, solid matchup here with Sho and Bushi. Um, Sho looking really good here. Um, you know, we've kind of seen you know, the, him working the arm bar into the game here. Um, and did he, did, he, did he tap out Bushi? Did he tap, tap him out, right, to get the winner? Did he? Nope. He hit the... Um, he hit him with the shock arrow. The shock arrow, yeah. the package pal driver, which was pretty dope. That's right. Yeah, getting getting mixed up with. Uh, I was looking at the uh, thing about the recommended match of the week of show working that armbar uh, so so much that we'll talk about later. But yeah, package pal driver beats Bushi, picks up two points here. After that, World Tag League match 2020, Bullet Club team of Evil and Yujiro Takahashi with Dick Togo, they defeated. The LIJ team of Sonata and Shingo Takagi. I saw someone online saying that they should call this team Dragon Skull. Yeah, I saw that comment. But uh, 12 minutes, 20 seconds, and um, yeah, Evil and Yujiro, they cheat. Yeah, low blow into the everything is evil STO. Kind of surprising here. You know, a lot of people were like looking at Sonata and Shingo like, wow, that's kind of another super team. You have, you know, Sonata, a guy who just was in the G1 Finals. You have Shingo, who just won back the Never title. Two kind of protected guys, who's strong guys. Like, who's the pin eater in this uh, scenario here? But And then going up against Evil, who's teaming with Yujiro, who's, you know, the ultimate pin eater. Um, but it, it was evil, <clears throat> evil pulling out the win here. Bro, Sonata's a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> he lost to Zack Sabre in the Tokyo Dome to try and win the British title. He lost in the the semifinals of the New Japan Cup to Evil. He held literally no titles this year. He lost the finals of the G1. Like, this man is a fucking loser, bro. And you can change your gimmick all you want, but, like, no title wins, no tournament wins, and now you're jobbing to the dude that you've been winning all these tournaments with in the past. What a loser. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, yeah, evil the low blow on Sonata. Everything he couldn't is even evil. win. He couldn't even win the KOPW title, bro. Right, fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very surprising here. Evil and Yujiro start off the tournament two points. Evil beating his former partners, former Lij team, and they're you know bull club. They're on the, the roll here. Shingo's probably thinking like, let's just get this shit over with, so <laughs> I can uh, go to the Tokyo Dome and defend my gold. You know, right. So then next up, we had uh, more Super Junior action. We had the coach back in action in a while here. Rizuke Gucci defeats El Desperado. You know, I made a mistake. The The match where it finished with the multiple roll-ups and then uh, the surprise finish, it was actually Taguchi Desperado. Well, I think in the, in the Sabre one, there was like a double. Like oh, okay. Similar. I'm, I'm pretty, it, was pretty, it wasn't probably as quite like the Taguchi Desperado, but it was a, a similar situation. Yeah, um, Taguchi Desperado. This was one where I, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, Taguchi beats him. I kind of thought Despy was going to win. I, I think they've got big plans for him in the tournament uh, as, as far as, like, especially with him and Hiromu, it seems like. But uh, I don't know how far they're actually going to go with him. But it seemed like he could have easily beaten Taguchi here. But, you know, it wasn't in the cards for him on this night. And uh, big match, Taguchi picks up a win in 12 minutes. Right. I think we might be seeing... The, the typical Gato booking here with Desperado where 
he's a, a favorite to go in the final, so he's going to lose some in the beginning and then maybe pick up a hot streak in, in the middle towards the end of the tournament and come back and, and get to the finals. Maybe, but he likes to do that for baby faces, and I don't really see Despy that way. Right. I, I mean, you could be right. I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, and we'll talk about the next tag match, but I feel like that's what he's doing for another team here. But, but you know, we saw him, we've seen him multiple times when there's blocks running congruently that he does it for multiple participants. So that's possible. Right. Um, they have a question here. Kevin from DC he says, since Rizka Gucci was the 69th IWGP junior heavyweight champion and he held aspirations of being the 69th IWGP heavyweight champion, it stands to reason that he will make it to compete in best of super juniors 69, right? <laughs> I kid of course, but it still amazes me how good Gucci can be when he takes this whole wrestling thing seriously. Would you like to see Taguchi gear up for at least one more singles push towards the belt, or are you content with him being a lovable dork 11 months out of the year? Yeah, I'm fine with him uh, being slotted where he's slotted. I mean, when he uh, when he's called upon to have a, a good match, he can definitely do it. And uh, the, the thing is, is like I don't really adore the Taguchi pervert coach gimmick the same way everybody else does. I kind of tolerate it. I don't hate it. I, I, thought, I thought you were a fan of that. No, I mean, it's funny, but I don't, I mean, like, I don't like it the way I like Yano. Mm. Like, and the ass play, there's too much ass play. Like, um, I'm not into that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe Taguchi needs to go join the the, uh, the gun club. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, he's way better than everyone in the gun club, though. He is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody in New Japan really is a fantastic like top level worker regardless of whether they get to show it or not or it's called upon for them to do that but i'm fine with where taguchi is i mean i i don't need him in my junior title matches unless he's there to like pad someone's record or something right or you want to do like a, a a title match at like uh fantastica mania or something or kind of a, a smaller show or road to show you know something that's not going to be on that kind of big you know platform a big show because he, he can still deliver in a matchup, but yeah, I wouldn't want him, you know, being in a you know a big situation like that all the time. If they want to bring back the uh, the NWA Junior Championship and have him uh, <laughs> rock that shit, I'm cool with that. Oh man, just what we need more titles. <laughs> it's, it's the NWA's title, sir. <laughs> I don't even know why people complain about New Japan having so many titles. It's very clear there are IWGP titles, and then there's never titles. Two totally different, and then there's KOPW. Yeah, th- these are three completely independent. You and know, then, it, and then there's Ref Pro, right? Exactly, and then CMLL and and you know Ring, uh, of, Honor. Ring of Honor. It's the same shit, bro. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let's move on to the semi-main event of the evening. We have a returning. David Finley to Japan, reuniting with Juice Robinson, Finn Juice, defeating Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga, and Tangaloa. Also, I think a big talking point here, Tamatonga. We already saw a shaved beard on NJPW Strong. Bro. Now he's cut the hair short. Bro, remember fucking Handsome Rusev? Yep. Handsome Tama. Yeah. Oh, my God, This bro. man came he's out here. He's a fucking heartthrob, bro. <laughs> came out here looking like uh, Rocky Maivia. Bro, he came out looking like a matinee idol. This man is fucking smoltering hot. It's crazy. Man, turn the clock back like 10 years. Bro, let's 
let's not kid ourselves. I think everyone who's a true fan of New Japan knows that this is a very like, you know, fan servicey type promotion. I mean, you know, there's a reason they got so many hunks in this promotion. This man figured out a way to get himself pushed. <laughs> he got himself a clean fade, took off the beard. You and you know what's funny? Usually the beard makes you more attractive. This man took the beard off and then and then he's like, "Wait, wait, wait. I got something else for you." Got clean faded up, lined him up. Bro, this man looks like a fucking star out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, man, he's looking great. Also, I just want to throw this out there. I've said it before. New gear normally means big push. I can't remember the last time the Gorillas of Destiny came out in the same fucking gear. These guys were both in the exact same colors. New gear. Like, come on. It, may, it might be a, a sign there. They're winning this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we had this match up here. They, they, they lost this first match up here, though. Um, you know, in a Thin re- juice. Yeah, a rematch in this. We've seen these guys rival at the um, end of the World Tag League last year, and then they had the Dome match where uh, Finn Juice won the tag titles from G.O.D., and uh, Finn Juice picking up another win here. And I think these guys have pretty good chemistry. I thought this was a really good matchup here. Um yeah, I thought all, all guys look really good. You know, Finley looking good coming back um, from NJPW Strong. And uh, Finn just getting the win here. They use a doomsday device uh, to pick up the big win here. Yeah, I thought both teams look good. They've got a lot of chemistry. Uh, it wasn't my favorite match they've ever had. But for the evening, um, I would probably put this about on the same level as that Chaos versus Dangerous Techers match. Yeah. I, I would go about three and a half for both of them, I guess. Yeah. Um. But yeah, 16 minutes, 42 seconds. This was a good semi-main event. And uh, like you mentioned earlier, sometimes Gato likes to give early losses to teams that are favored. I think that's what's happening with G.O.D. Um, we'll have to wait and see, but that's what it looks like for me here, at least after the first night. Yeah, and so we had a question here from Reddit user Germanis. He says, in the semi-main event, was the Finjuice finisher a tribute to the Road Warriors? Have they done a Doomsday device before? I appreciate the question. I I hate to... I don't like to make fun of anyone's questions because we do appreciate your questions, but just for future reference, anytime anybody does the Doomsday device, it is always in tribute to the motherfucking Road Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to do that move and it not be a tribute to them. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Also, we know we had um, Road Warrior uh, Animal passing away recently, so I don't know if that was kind of a shout-out there. I can't recall Finjuice ever doing a Doomsday device before didn't finley do didn't they do a move like this and finley hurt himself with the shoulder that one time yeah, there was some there was some kind of double team thing they were trying to do that that's where finley the, the shoulder injury came from it might have been a doomsday device I it might have been yeah um and so uh then the the main event of the evening we capped off with the best super juniors with a rematch of the 2018 best super junior finals rematch from uh, summer struggle in Jingu, Hiromu Takahashi, the ticking time bomb, defeats the bone soldier Taiji Ishimori 20 minutes and 6 seconds. Do you remember when Michael Scott bought his new condo and then he was like, where are all the hot young singles that were promised in the brochure? Because I've been looking around and I don't see them. He's like, best I can tell, I'm the best looking person in the community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like right after that, he's like, uh, he's like, there's kind of a rule. When you're buying a place, you don't want to be the best looking person in the community because there's nowhere to go but down. 
that's how I feel about this match. This might already be the best match of the tournament <laughs> based on who's in it. And that kind of makes me feel like there's nowhere to go but down from here. Yeah, uh, this match was awesome. They started off with a, <laughs> a, a fast pace. They started off attempting finishers. You know, Hiromi looking for Bloody Cross. Or, excuse me, Hiromi looking for uh, Time Bomb. Um, Taiji looking for Bloody Cross. And um, just kind of going wild from there. Taiji working over Hiromu's neck. Uh, majority, of the ma- majority of the match at surgically repaired neck. Uh, there was a crazy uh, pile driver spot on the apron. I loved it that uh, Taiji did to Hiromu that I freaking jumped off the couch for when that happened. And you know Kevin Kelly's, you know, when he gets to watch it and calls it, he's going to be talking about the surgically repaired neck of Hiromu Takahashi. Yeah, and apparently Kevin Kelly's going to have somebody special uh, on for the English commentary. Yeah, someone uh, commented on his uh, tweet. And they, asked, they they tagged us, and they were like, is it going to be uh, uh, freaking, what's his name? The genius? Yeah, the genius, <laughs> the genius uh, Lanny like Poffo. Poffo. And, um, like... Kevin Kelly didn't seem like he liked that shit. Yeah, yeah, that that gif of like, uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, some great spots in this match. There was also another spot I loved where um, Taiji's going for the golden triangle uh, to the outside. Hiromu catches him and then slams him off of that to the outside. That was and it was right, it was literally right after the uh, the pile driver spot. So he's selling, 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 and then. The golden triangle onto the dazed Hiromu who's just been, you know, pile driver, and then he catches the man and fucking, you know, um power slam what I don't even know what that move is. I think he just didn't he just like power slam him? No, no, he, no he, it was he a sit like, out. He did like a falcon arrow type move, right? It was almost like a falcon arrow. Yeah. But it was like a power slam position. He, so he caught him and then like brought him down and yeah. almost only kinda of like a Michinoku driver kind of. Similar. Yeah. But, but not different. quite, yeah. Well, that one's a power slam. And right. This is, you know, that one's like a body slam. This is like a power slam. It's just different. Yeah. But yeah, it was awesome. And yeah. it was on the cement. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, awesome match. This is, you know, I, I went four and a quarter on this match. The only match this night that I would give um, above four stars or even in the four star range. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. But with that being said, we've had such a dearth of good junior matches this year that, like, had this occurred in like last year's voting period, it would already be a candidate for junior match. Of the year. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good sign. But um, yeah, I thought this match was great. I think Hiromu and Ishimori um have really great, really great chemistry with one another. Uh, Twenty minutes. This was a good match. Um, you know, at first watching it, I thought we were on pace to maybe outdo the Jingu match, but when it was all said and done, I think I still like that Jingu match a little better than this. Yeah, I like the Jingu match better also. Plus, the crowd was a little worn out after, you know, ten, nine other matches. Yeah. But uh, still really good. Hiromu won. Um, you know, that's a big victory for him to, you know, even if he... You know, he is favored to win the tournament, but even if he doesn't win the tournament, the fact that he has a clean pinfall victory over the reigning IWGB champion um, that may or may not entitle him to a title shot down the line. Yeah, he did tease that in the post-match promo. He's like, you know, I beat the champion. Where's my title shot? He's like, ha, just kidding. This is about best of super juniors. I need to keep on winning. So he he was kind of joking about it in in the post-match promo, but definitely... Like we mentioned last week, we could end up with some kind of four-way scenario at the Dome. So with Hiromu being one of the guys that now has a, a victory over the champion, you could kind of slot Hiromu into the title match, even if he doesn't end up winning the tournament. Ah, good booking. 
or you know good foresight that's absolutely true so that's uh that's our first night we had a lot of questions regarding that we had one last question here from just a little barrel one he said okay now that it started who scores more wins in the super juniors doki or uemura uh it's gotta be doki it's gotta be doki but here's one thing i will say do i expect you more to go winless after you know nine matches yes is it impossible that he picks up a win over someone like say doki it's not impossible especially when it's a single block it kind of lends itself more to someone now granted like last year if they'd had a block like remember the single block uh world tag league was like massive yeah they had like i don't know 15 20 people yeah it's like 20 teams in a single block something like that if, if you do that then you have to kind of give a win to like one of those young lion type teams but you know with only 10 guys it's un- it's far more unlikely but it is possible he he, he might pick up a win yeah, that'd be a big sign if he did. Yeah, but he he's probably going winless. Yeah, and something um, I forgot who I saw tweet this, but they were saying the cool thing about Umora being in the Super Juniors is it's almost like a trial series for him, like the like the Kitamura trial series we got, where he had like, it was like big like singles matches coming up, and now he's getting these like uh, you know nine big singles matches kind of coming up here. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Narita was in it last year. Yeah. So Narita, yeah. Narita's better. <laughs> So, yeah, so the, the standings for Super Juniors uh, pretty simple right now. On the top of two points, we have uh, Hiromu, Taguchi, Sho, Eagles, and Master Wato. And then with zero points, with one loss, we have Yumura, Doki, Bushi, Despi, and Taiji Ishimori. Well, Jeremy, I didn't watch night two, which is the World Tag League, November 16th, but uh, we've got the results here. So why don't you take us through it? And, uh, I'll add some color if I want to. But uh, <laughs> I, I, we, we were going to work a gimmick here where I was going to on the air try to stay spoiler free um but we couldn't i couldn't flesh out the bit in my head enough so <laughs> yeah so world net world tag league night two uh kicked off with young line action it looks like uh, the c block is back <laughs> we had the uh the, Su- suji has brought his uh trophy back yeah we saw the picture you know finley has brought him the trophy he has a t-shirt so we had the c block champion in action here he defeats Gabriel Kidd, 7 minutes and 36 seconds. It's an opening Young Lion match. Um, really good. You know, your, your typical three-star affair here. Uh, Suchi gets the win with uh, the Boston Crab. Both guys look good and really enjoyed it. So then we move on to the first uh, Tag League match of the evening. We have Bullet Club versus Bullet Club as the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga Tangaloa, defeated Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens. And, of course, we've got to mention, we failed to mention that Jado has been back with uh, G.O.D. here. Master Heater coming out with the kendo stick. I kind of forgot. <laughs> um, and, you know, beginning of the match, all guys, all five guys, they do the two sweet together. Seems like it's going to be, you know, everything's fun and nice. And then uh, Tama kind of jumps Chase right after that. Oh, that's crazy. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. They've never done that before. It's wild. Um and, and so I'll see there's some a little bit of tension in the match there with um, you know God mainly kind of be the ones that, for the majority of the match seemed like they were kind of the heels of the match and they were kind of getting the heat on Chase and, and Fale there but then towards the the end of the match you know Chase and Fale were kind of coming back with um, shenanigans as well uh, but then yeah it came down towards the end here with Tamatonga putting the Scorpion Deathlock onto Chase Owens to get the submission win. Um, so I, I know everything's good because no matter what happens with the Bullet Club, the Tongans are going to be okay. 
Yes. All four of them. <laughs> That's right. Chase is a an honorary Tongan. That's right. Uh, and so interesting here with At Ken- this point, he might not even be honorary. I think he might actually just be, be a Tongan. Tongan. Uh, but interesting here, Tama using the, the Scorpion Deathlock, Sharpshooter, whatever you want to call it, to get the win here. Uh, when we, get, we have another Bullet Club person in Evil who's been doing that move to get wins, and we haven't had the interactions between G.O.D. and Evil yet, so I don't know if that was a tease or just Tama using a new move. Bro, I've, I've said this in the past. Tama Tonga is a sting mark. That's out. right, Stinger Splash, yeah. And I've also said in the past that uh, Evil is a Sting Mark. I think they're going to have to fight it out over who gets to uh, cosplay Sting more. Um, I, I think one can be Wolfpack Sting, <laughs> or one could be Crow Sting. Well, Crow Sting is clearly Evil, and Wolfpack Sting is uh, definitely Tama. Or Tama could be Surfer Sting. It could be with, with, it. with the hair. Yep. Even though there, there is a campaign online of, you know, Surfer Sting never surfed. That is true. He literally, so why do we call him Surfer Sting? I don't know why he's called Surfer Sting because he definitely never surfed. I, bro, I went on a rampage. Like, <laughs> I saw this. I saw this thing online about how he never surfed. So I, I started looking it up. Bro, you can't find shit about it. This man. <laughs> this man was not a surfer. That was not his gimmick. You know what his gimmick was? I wear face paint. It's the nineties. <laughs> I'm. I'm a dude. I'm just a dude. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we had a question here from Ken from DC. He says, I know my boys, Fale and Owens, are 0-2 right now. It's not looking all that great for the Rogue General and the Crown Jewel, but you have to see the bigger picture. Taking a loss of Yano can happen to anyone, and the boys put over G.O.D. as a sign of respect. They are still going all the way. You guys agree, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, next match of the night, Chaos uh, Team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi defeated the Empire, Great Okan and Jeff Cobb, 13 minutes and 41 seconds. Yeah, so the Empire eats their first loss here with Great Okan being the one to eat the pin here, mm. getting pinned by Hiroki Goto. Uh, majority of the match was Cobb and Okan kind of looking at a solid team and um, taking turns just kind of dominating uh, poor Yoshihashi, working him over. Um, and then eventually Goto kind of comes in and he and he's firing back. Um and you know Goto and Yoshihashi they work really well together and so they're they're trying to fight back and we got a, kind of a little back and forth here until we get Goto kind of pulling up the the pinfall there on Great Okan. Great, so. uh, I think that's interesting. Okan took the pinfall. You know it, it it's not impossible that Okan is the fall guy in the group, even though they brought him in with some fanfare. I mean, he is just coming back from excursion, so. You know, there, there is that possibility that he's the fall guy. Right. And they, they already proved he can be beaten. They beat him with Okada already. Right. Uh, it's not like he's undefeated or anything. They've proven he can be beat, but he's also going to be dominant. And they were in control majority of the match. It was kind of a banana peel, you know, schoolboy uh, pinfall here. It wasn't like he just got hit with GTR and got pinned. My, my estimation about how they treat this team could be wrong, but I feel pretty strongly that they're still going to go... 50-50 with the losses between him and Jeff Cobb, personally. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, that's how they've treated all of Jeff Cobb's teams for the most part in, in the tournaments. Yeah. So then moving on, we had the Bullet Club team of Evil and Yujiro Takahashi defeating Finn Juice, last year's World Tag League winners, 12 minutes and 11 seconds. 
It's kind of surprising. Yeah, but it was what you expect. Same finish as the Shingo Sonata match. Ref distraction, low blow. Everything is evil. Evil picks up the win here. And so now. Oh my God. What if Evil and Yujiro are like on their way to like a, a tag team title shot? What if that's what's happening at. Hey, keep Evil out of any big singles match with the Dome. I'm happy with it. I'm, I'll sacrifice a tag title match um, to get better singles matches. I'm not complaining about it. I just think it's funny. It, it is funny. <laughs> it is funny. That he got this whole push. He's going to end up pretty much exactly where he normally is. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. The next match, the semi-main event, Sonata and Shingo take on Ishii and Yano. 12 minutes, 24 seconds. LIJ team defeats Chaos. So, yeah, this, this was a decent match. Um, honestly, it would have been better if, you know, Ishii was maybe teaming up with Goto or Yoshihashi. I mean, there was a lot of Yano shenanigans here, obviously pulling off, you know, the, the, the pads and kind of messing around with um, Sonata and Shingo. Sonata wasn't wasn't having any of uh, Yano's shenanigans. He, he seemed pretty frustrated uh, from the opening bell there. Bro, uh, you know why he's frustrated. I told you, because he's a fucking loser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also the interactions with um, Shingo and Ishii were obviously great. Really loved that and would definitely love to see another singles match with those two um, down the line here. Uh, but yeah, so Shingo and Sonata, they end up getting the win here over um, Yano and Tomohiro Ishii to pick up their first win for the tournament and get uh, some points on the board. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's that's great. Uh, you know, Ishii and Yano are a team that typically do really well in these tournaments, go pretty far. Um, so it'll kind of be interesting to see what happens with them. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, Sonata Shingo, that's a team you expect to do well just based on the names there. So Yeah. And then the main event of the evening, we had the current IWGP Tag Team Champions, the Dangerous Techers, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr., Defeat Hanare, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Toa Hanare, 19 minutes and 37 seconds. I thought this was a, a solid uh, main event up here. Uh, you know, Hanare got a chance to shine here in this match and show what he could really do after coming off of that squash here. And almost kind of a similar layout to the the, the other Dangerous Tickers match where Dangerous Tickers are kind of kind of getting the heat at the beginning, kind of cheating, and then uh, things kind of pick up towards the end here. I'll see when, when the pants come off. You know, business is going to pick up, and that's kind of what happened here um, in this matchup here, and kind of good back and forth. Uh, but dangerous techers, they they pull the win out here and uh, pin Hanare and get four points on the board. Bro, Tanahashi's a wrestling god. He was teamed with God himself, Kota Ibushi, and they couldn't beat Tai Chi and Zack Saber Jr. What makes you think that in any universe, Tanahashi and Toa Hanare could beat this team. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Also, a lot of sacrilege going on with these teams. I mean, you got Lord Tai Chi. I mean, that was at least explainable away because, like, a lord can be, like, you know, a title from medieval times. He kind of has that, like, gothic thing going on. But they are, like, he is the holy emperor. So that's like, oh. <laughs> but then, you know, what's up with Ibushi, man? Ibushi's like, nah, I'm not. A wrestling god. I'm God. God. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> okay, man. Um, 19 minutes, 37 seconds. It sounds like probably match of the night. 
Yeah, I don't think it's a bad tonight. I went uh, three and a half on it. Um, it it sounds like I don't need to watch any of this. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know we should be pushing the product here, but if, <laughs> if if you miss this night, you didn't really miss a ton. I mean, it's pretty much what you kind of predict from all these kind of matches here, bro. There's no questions. There's no story elements that you've pointed out. You've just given me a couple of results from the night, and that's about it. Like. And it, yeah, I mean, one most thing, of the booking was pretty parody based too, right? And one thing I'll see, you know, we we had the the knee injury attack from Okan to Tanahashi. They we got the, the signature, uh, Techers destroyed Tanahashi's knee spot with, um, you know, holding him in the ropes, and Saber was just destroying the knees that uh, Okan had worked on. So that was kind of part of the reason why Tanahashi was kind of you know down this match, and a lot of the load relied on Hanare here, but Hanare could not get it done. Um, in the, the post-match promo for Dangerous Techers uh, backstage, they were talking about their plan. Their plan is to win the Tag League and not have to defend um, the titles at Wrestle Kingdom. They want to have the night off. They want to relax and not have to defend the titles. Who said that? Tai Chi and Saber. Oh, so y'all want to miss out on the biggest payday of the year? Okay. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, but. Idiots. So, yeah, that wraps up World Tag League. So, the standings right now on top of the block, we your, have... Your MVPs, I guess. Yeah, we have uh, the Dangerous Techers, 2-0. and o, Also tied 2-0, and o, we have Evil and Ujiro. Uh, then all tied with 1-1, one and one, we have Finjuice, G.O.D., Goto and Yoshihashi, Empire, L.I.J., and Chaos. And then at the bottom of the block with 0 points, 0-2, we have Hanares and the Bullet Club team of... Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens. Nice. So coming up this week, uh, we'll give you guys the rundown real briefly. So uh, Wednesday, November 18th, we have Best of the Super Juniors, Night 2. On that evening, we have Kojima and Honma taking on Gabe Kidd and Yuji Nagata. Bushi against Yuya Yamura. Robbie Eagles against Master Wato. Doki against Sho. Ryazuki Taguchi versus Taiji Ishimori in the semi-main event. And then the main event is El Desperado versus Hiromu Takahashi. Um, one brief thing on that. Um, so Hiromu has brought back his book. his book. And at the end of the match when he was walking out, I think it's on the cover. He's got a big picture of Desperado. So, um, you know, the feud between these guys, pretty storied. It's been leading to this for a while now. We're finally getting the singles match that we've been waiting for most of the year between these two guys. Yeah, that's definitely the match to ha- have circled on this night. Definitely looking forward to this main event. And, yeah, it should be probably match of the night. Uh, Wednesday or Thursday, November 19th, Kojima and Hanma versus Suji and Nagata will open up the night. That almost sounds better than a lot than, than most of the <laughs> tag league matches. Um, the, after that, we've got uh, the Bullet Club team of Owens and Fale against the Empire. Uh, after that, Finn Juice will be taking on Hanar Ace. G.O.D. against... Uh, Bullet Club team of Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. That will be interesting. First interactions between, you know, these guys. Um, after that, you've got the Chaos team of Ishii and Yano against the Chaos team of Goto and Yoshihashi. So inter-faction, uh, you know, rivalry. And then the main event will be Dangerous Techers against LIJ team of Sonata and Shingo Takagi. Yeah, once again, I think that the main event here is, is the match of circle and keep your eyes on. Dangerous Tickers are a great team. I like the team of Sonata and Chingo. Uh, we've we've seen that Chingo, or excuse me, we've seen that Sonata and Saber t- typically have great chemistry. 
Um, I just think all four of these guys will gel really well together, and it should, should be a great main event here. Hot take. Uh, Dangerous Techers are my favorite heavyweight tag team in New Japan since War Machine. Mm, and you loved War Machine. I like War Machine a lot better than them. But, right. yeah, I love War Machine. But, yeah, I mean, this is clearly, like, the best heavyweight tag team they've had in years. Yeah, solid team. Um, Friday, November 20th. Super Juniors Night 3, we've got Kojima and Hanma opening up against Gabe Kidd and Yuji Nagata. I'm not sure how they're going to do C-Block with all these tag matches, but uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, unless this is like a, a C-Block tag tag uh, tournament. I don't know. <laughs> Desperado against Yuya Amora in the first match. Taiji Ishimori against Doki. Ryuzuki Taguchi against Master Wato. Semi-main event, we got Eagles and Sho, both from Chaos. And then the main event is Bushi against Hiromu Takahashi, both from LIJ. Yeah, so that should be very interesting. LIJ versus LIJ face-off there. That should be a pretty good match. But the match that I'm going to circle here for this one. To look Eagles keep, and Sho. Yeah, keep your eyes out. Eagles and Sho. Especially, you know, we got a six-match card here. These matches are going to get time to breathe. They're going to get some time here. In that semi-main event, both guys are, you know, awesome. So that should be a really solid match. You know, Show's going to be trying to work over the arm to either apply the arm bar or try to, you know, work the shock arrow. And Eagle's going to be working over the leg to look for that Ron Miller special. So should be an interesting uh, clash of styles and an interesting matchup there. One other interesting thing, Desperado is opening up against Yumura after having headlined against Hiromu. I'm going to take a guess right now and say he loses that match. means... He's going to be 0-2 after the first two nights, and on night three, he'll be looking to rebound and start the comeback trail against Yumura. I think that's a pretty likely scenario. Yeah, I can see that happening. World Tag League night four, Sunday, November 22nd. Satoshi Kojima and Tomoaki Hanma against the team of Yotsuji and Yuji Nagata. Um, after that, we've got Fale and Owens from Bullet Club against Sonata and Shingo. Um the chaos team of Goto against Yoshihashi against Hanar Ace. The chaos team of Tomohiro Ishii and Toriyano against the Bullet Club team of e- Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. The semi-main event is Finjuice against the Empire. And then the main event, G.O.D. against the Dangerous Techers. Yeah, so for, for what I'm circling here, I'm probably going to say uh, Finjuice versus the Empire. Could, could end up being the match of the night. Uh, Finley and Juice are just great baby faces, and they're probably going to work from underneath um, and, I, get, and getting bruised by Ocon and Cobb. I agree with you from an in-ring standpoint. It has a lot of potential, especially since Cobb's worked with both of these guys in the past. But, I mean, G.O.D. against Dangerous Techers, first time, I think. Um, no, it can't be. They've had to have gone against Because they were in the tag league last year. Yeah. yeah. But I remember that match being good. And this is um, the first time since the Techers have really solidified themselves as, like, championship status. So um, they're kind of the guys that have been running the division since G.O.D.'s been gone. G.O.D.'s back. Uh, I think that's kind of a pretty big main event there. And also, it'll be interesting to see if uh, G.O.D.'s able to kind of raise their game to match what, you know, Dangerous Techers been, you know, putting out there. Right. So, yeah, should be should be an interesting main event there. And I think that will be everything that we'll be covering up till uh, next week's recording. Um, So, yeah. Listen, I got to tell you, Jeremy. Guys, tune in next week because here's some some benefits. Let me sell you on this for a second. Number one, we're going to watch this shit. You don't even have to watch it all. We're going to watch it for you. 
And not only that, we're going to entertain you. We're going to give you all the jokes. Come, come back. But, uh, I'm not looking forward to watching any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to the Super Junior Nights. Some of it, but it's not like a regular, it's not Super Juniors to me. It's yeah. like what I mentioned earlier. I mean, I don't know. I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, Doki show, I guess, could be okay. I mean, I mean hey, I, I'm an advocate for the juniors. I love them, you know, but uh, to Gucci and Watto, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> but we're gonna watch it all we're gonna give you guys the best coverage for it next week uh you know i, I wanted to have like in-depth coverage and have us like talk about like what we're looking forward to but i mean you know we, we did that here but i mean i'm not really i'm not really that like bought in like the one match in the whole tournament that was like man i like there's a few but for the for the juniors like the one was probably ishimori and hiromu and it happened and i'm like zane i mean maybe like Show and Hiromu maybe equals Hiromu, but I I don't know, man. I think that might be like the high point of the tournament for right now. I don't. I, I feel like Eagles and Show are going to over deliver. I hope so. Maybe it will. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see. Uh, now it's time to uh, head back over stateside. New Japan Strong. We had a New Japan Showdown uh, Night One this past Friday. We had uh, Adrian Quest and Alex Zane. Defeating the team of ACH and Blake Christian. We have the return of Filthy Tom Lawler defeating Fred Rosser and uh Filthy Tom being accompanied by your one of your favorites, Russ Taylor and uh J.R. Kratos to form the New Japan version of Team Filthy. So that's a little bit of interesting development there. And Bro, you know that's a team that I'm gonna like stand for super hard. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this Philly Tom uh, Fred Rosser match was uh, pretty good. I saw people online saying it was the best New Japan Strong match so far. Yeah, it, it period. Was, it was a really solid matchup. Definitely, I think it's worth uh, checking out from this show if if you if you watch Strong and want to catch up. Uh, we also had Brody King, Juice Robinson, and Carl Fredericks defeating the Bull Club team of Chase Owens, Jay White, and Tangaloa. Oh shit! <laughs> Carl Fredericks beat Jay White. Um, Then in the uh, The main event of the evening We had Tama Tonga uh, Pre-haircut Tama Tonga Defeating PJ Black uh, Getting a a big singles win There Then next week on uh, night two Of uh, New Japan Showdown Is going to open up with Clark Connors And the DKC versus the Regal Twins Russ Taylor will be taking on Rocky Romero Oh, that's going to be good. <laughs> uh, Jeff Cobb will be taking on uh, Kratos. And then in the main event of the evening, Kenta will be defending his uh, briefcase against David Finley. Nice. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, we, we didn't talk about, we never really t- talked about here when we talk about Strong. One thing, that's, another thing that's bothered me about Strong is the fact that... There's not continuity between the two shows. Right. It kind of lives in its own universe. Like, in New Japan, uh, in Japan, like, they kind of, they talk, they talk about Strong, and they also, Kenta comes over with a briefcase, like... Stuff that's happened on Strong is kind of brought up in on you know in New bro, Japan proper. Bro, Kenta's gonna fucking walk out with a completely intact Brief briefcase case. against Finley, isn't he? Probably, and with his hair, with his long hair, he's gonna have his fucking long ass hair. <laughs> like I get it; these were taped. No, bro, there's no excuse. Listen, this man fucking Will Osprey 
months ago, literally months ago, like worked it out with New Japan and said, okay, when am I going heel? All right, that's when I'm going to introduce my heel persona on the pre-taped shows that they've been doing for uh, RevPro. Attention to detail. That's what this man has. And like the as soon as he was heel and it was aired in New Japan, the episodes that started rolling out for these, uh, what are they called anyways? Rep, uh, the, the, high, rep, the high stake series. The high stake series. This man's a fucking heel right off, right out the gate. Like he had the forethought. He changed his gimmick. He changed his attire, everything. That means he's been working on this and planning for it. It's not perfect, but like he at least had the forethought. They're over here. I bet you Cobb, Cobb's, Cobb's going to be a face. face next week. Yep. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, Cobb's going to be a face. Kenta's going to have his long ass hair. Tamatonga still got his long hair. Yeah. Like, whatever. And like, they don't mention like on commentary any of like the New Japan storylines of <laughs> what's going on with these guys. Like, you know, you know, you know Tamatonga's, you know, the GOD, they're in the world tag bro, league. <laughs> bro, I get it, but they don't pay Kevin Kelly enough to do that shit. Like, that man's like doing that, basically doing them a favor at this point. It's like, all right, fuck. I got to work with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's what's your boy's name? Um, what's his name? Team with Rocky. Um, Kozlov. Alex Kozlov. Bro, I bet you Alex Kozlov is the surprise for the World Tag League. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. But yeah, they don't pay that man enough. Like he's gonna go in there, he's gonna do a professional ass job, but he's not gonna like fill in all the voids. Like it's not New Japan proper, you know. It's it's a little weird side thing. Yeah. So yeah, that it's, is. It's like when you used to watch. I don't know if you remember this, but like WCW, like used to pre-tape their shit, and like it'd be weird. Like someone would lose their. Do you know about this? Well, like yeah, somebody would like lose the belt on the taping. Tapes. Yeah, and then they'd have to work all the house shows as not the champions until that episode aired. Right. Yeah. So like and shit, but sometimes like they would tape something ahead of time, and then things would change, and like stiff stuff didn't line up. That's what this kind of feels like. Or like WWE superstars was like sort of like that too sometimes. Yeah, and it just kind of brings you out of it. It's like, yes, I know it's taped ahead of time, but now these guys are like their looks are different currently. Bro, Jeremy, I mean, I get what you're saying, but you can't be brought out of it if you never were in to begin with mm. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was in during the, the lines break collision. Oh bro. I, bro. I loved lines break collision. I loved it. And then I have, I've hated strong. I thought it was so cool at first, but after like episode, I was like, I don't know, man. Then another episode. I don't, I don't know. And then the third episode, I was like, chief, <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll we'll be in uh, Super J Cup December twelfth. That'll probably be the best showing of uh, New Japan of America this year. We should just drop our coverage of New Japan Strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't been doing much coverage; just kind of going over the results and brief stuff that's been going on on there. But yeah, 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 it is what it is. Uh, some quick news items here: so uh, New Year's Dash will be hitting the Tokyo Dome City Hall. On January 6th, New Japan will be returning to Tokyo Dome City Hall for the first time since 2012. So that should be a very interesting venue there for New Year's Dash. And should be an interesting night following uh, two nights of Wrestle Kingdom once again. Then a free match of the week, uh, World Tag League 2015, November 21st. 
Shibata and Goto against Shinsuke Nakamura and Tomohiro Ishii. So you can check that out free on NJPW World or New Japan's YouTube channel. And also um, on up on their new their YouTube channel, they're doing this new video, NJPW Factors. And right now they're looking at the junior heavyweight aces that have defined best of the super juniors and super J Cup. So go ahead and check that out. Um, now we have a few uh, off-topic questions here that we're going to answer before we get into recommended match of the week. So first, from Reddit user Viking Pain he says recently Suzuki has been making it a point of emphasis of using the Boston Crab on guys he sees beneath him, like when he used it on Shingo. I've been thinking about this, and Same. I have, have a feeling there's more to the story that meets the eye. Now, who else uses a Boston Crab as a finish? Chris Jericho. And Jericho has said in the past that he thinks a Suzuki-Jericho match would draw big money. Thoughts on a possible Suzuki-Jericho match at Wrestle Kingdom 15? Also, since the rumors of Cobbs to the Empire turned out to be true, when do you think we'll see Jericho join up with the group as well since he was previously rumored to do so as well? That would be interesting if him using the Boston Crab is an allusion to Chris Jericho. I don't know if that's the case or not. Um, you may be reading a bit too much into it, but maybe your head, Viking pain, maybe ahead. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I'm the same way. I like to put the Boston crab on people that I see as being beneath me, which is everybody that I wrestle. So I always, put <laughs> the Boston. <laughs> no, I'm doing this new thing though. It's really cool. Um, I like to have someone in some sort I, Typically, it's going to probably be like a, a cross face. I'll have them in the cross face, and right when they're about to get to the ropes, I'll float over and grab their legs and pull them into the center and then put the fucking Boston Crab on, and it's dope. <laughs> Sounds dope. It is dope because, like, <laughs> and, and usually I don't start with the cross face. I'll start with, like, a chin lock, and then they're getting close to the ropes. They're reaching out, and I'll pull that arm back. And then they'll they'll grab with the other arm, and then I'll wrap my legs around that one, and then pull them into for the cross face, and then they'll crawl, 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 and they'll be like right there, and then I just abandon the whole neck arm thing, and just float over and like run forward with them and like fucking sit back on the Boston crab. That'd be a, that'd be a great finish. It's one of my yeah <laughs> like yeah so um, but anyways Suzuki Jerko I think uh. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know if there's enough time right now for them to build to a uh, Tokyo Dome thing, plus the whole quarantine issue, if they're even going to do it. I don't know. Plus, Jericho is, like, kind of teetering on the, like, brink of, like, wash, so I yeah, don't know. I, I got to say, from an entering perspective, like the, the idea of Jericho Suzuki sounds good, but as far as what the match would actually look like, I feel like it would have to be, like, a plunder brawl. Bro, Jericho and Jericho and Suzuki would be... He would look great because it would be an easy night for him because Suzuki only does his basic match and Jericho can still do that match. Yeah. And 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 it would be all character work. It would just be a lot of hard hitting violence. Jericho would be fine, you know, working that match for sure. Yeah. And and I think it would do well. But I think if he wants to quote unquote draw money, this is not the way to do it. Like they would, you know, unless he's just coming in to get his payday. Right. It's not going to affect New Japan's bottom line that much, I don't think, at this point. Yeah, then to a second question, if Jericho was going to join the Empire and show as part of the Empire, um, 
I feel like it would have to be in some kind of bro. He's Emperor Palpatine, right? I told you. Some kind of video angle that, that would happen, like at the World Tag League Finals or whatever. Maybe you have like a, a big multi man with like Osprey, Cobb, and Okan versus you know Okada, Tanahashi, and somebody else, and you know, like they, they could always do. They could just like basically do the thing where I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Let's say Tanahashi is like making a save and then he's getting beat down and then Jericho comes out. And you're like, what? And then Jericho is like acting like he's going to save Tanahashi. You think he's on his side and you're like, oh my God, is Jericho turning? And then he turns around and he beats Juice Effect. Yeah, yeah, and then he Juice Effects Tanahashi out of his boots. So, you know, speaking of Juice Effect, Jericho might have heat with Hanare. Hanare's been throwing several spinning back elbows in his matches. Bro, he's got heat with me. I've been trying to figure out a way to throw a, a an effective MMA elbow that might be like compelling, but like he got to the idea first. It's a spinning back elbow. Like that's the best one. Mm. And and he popularized it. So now anyone who does it is copying. But I wanted, I've been doing spinning back elbows for years. Like I, I always was like, if I became like, I never thought I'd be a wrestler, but I was like, if I, if I ever wrestle, I'm going to do that shit. And now I can't do it. (laughs) Oh man. I was trying to work out like maybe a Superman elbow, but it it looks shitty. (laughs) Also, Rich was like, that's the bull hammer. Oh yeah. Uh, Wade Barrett. And I was like, mine be different. (laughs) Uh, speaking of Rich, uh, he has a question for us. He says, Kenny made the Observer Hall of Fame. Any thoughts on that? Who's next out of Ishii, Naito, and Ibushi? Taking into account, Ishii got a 15% jump this year. Ibushi lost percentages, and Naito hasn't had a stellar year. Even with his dome win, it only gave him 2%. Great question. Um, yeah, congratulations to Kenny Omega making the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Uh, it's a very rare feat to accomplish that while you are still an active competitor. Um, you know, there are schools of thought where people think you shouldn't go in as an active competitor. They should wait until the totality of your career plays out. But uh, that's not how the Observer Hall of Fame works out. And, uh, you know, great on them. Um, yeah. Especially uh, Kenny is was in the Jap- Japan category. So it's based off of his career in Japan, also wrestling in the United States now. And, yeah, so based off his body of work in Japan, all stuff with well, DT and New Japan. That's true. He's in the Japan category because he spent the majority there. But I do think that his work in AEW influenced the voting for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but his career in Japan is absolutely incredible. When you kind of look back and just read, you know, the profile they've wrote and, you know, you hear guys just talking about everything that he's done in Japan between DT and New Japan. It's a great Resume, you know, he's just done enough in a lot of people's eyes. People have voted on for him that to get into the Hall of Fame now. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I'm not gonna give you a bunch of expert analysis on him. I I'll basically say this: Kenny's one of the greatest wrestlers that has ever lived, and he proved it night in and night out. He accomplished a lot between his work in All Japan, DDT, New Japan. I I think he was a slam dunk. I was. I kind of thought he might even have gone in, like, first ballot the first year he became eligible. And he came close. Yeah. Um, but he didn't, or not exactly close, but he got a good, you know, a good portion. Percentage, yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, that's that's my thoughts. Just, like, I, I think that there is some people mad about this, right? Yeah, there are. There's a ton of people who are mad about it. But a it. lot of people are mad about it are not voters. Right. Like, 
Uh, I don't think the voters are mad. Right. Unless there could be some voters who have that, that mindset of like they need to be, you know, not active. They need to be reti- quote unquote retired before they go in. The voters who vote on it know the rules. Yeah. I mean, it's industry people. It's, right. Well, it's a mix. You have, yeah, you have wrestlers, you have reporters. Uh, those are industry yeah. people. They're part of the, the industry. They might yeah. not be, you know, the boys, but they're part of the industry. Everyone who's voting on this is in the wrestling industry. Right. Historians. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I think a lot of the people that are mad about it are people that probably don't even understand how the Hall of Fame, like, balloting or voting or any of that stuff works. Right. And plus, you, you just have, you know, people who, who hate Kenny for leaving New Japan and <laughs> <laughs> all that, you know, the whole Ibushi and all that stuff. Oh, man. Um, out of Ishii, Naito, and Ibushi, I think... This sounds crazy, and people might disagree with me. I think Ishii is going to get in before uh, Naito and Abushi. That's not to say that he's more deserving or anything like that, but you know, typically, um, and you're more knowledgeable on this stuff than me. Like, I'm not as big on the Hall of Fame as other people. I'm just kind of, sort of learning ex- how everything works, but. You know, traditionally speaking, a Hall of Fame person, they're going to take a look at the totality of your career, meaning like your drawing ability, your star power, your championship reigns, things like that. And you can't really point to a lot of, you know, you can't point to Ishii's time at top. You can't point to his drawing ability. You can't point to, you know, his mic skills. (laughs) You can't point to pretty much the entirety of the voting based on for him is based on the quality of his in-ring work. Right. It like literally almost entirely. Um, which is interesting because most people that go into the hall of fame, it's other aspects combined with their in-ring work or sometimes the, the, the in-ring work isn't even the most important thing for some, some people it is literally everything else. Um, and, for years, people kind of weren't even voting for Ishii, but suddenly, I th- I just think the volume of his body of work has grown to a point where it's undeniable, and people are starting to recognize that. And unless something changes drastically, or something on the Japanese ballot changes drastically, you know, well, I know next next, next year, year Okada yeah, Okada coming. goes on the ballot next year. So. When Okada gets on the ballot, that's He's going in. Right. Like, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame first ballot, which is very rare. He'll be one of the few people that does that. But, um, and and how does it work? So when you vote for a Japanese, I mean, you know more than me. When mm-hmm. you vote, do you get one vote for the region, or how's that? So I believe it's set up, like, people kind of vote for the regions that they're they're experts in. Um, so you can, if you're an expert in multiple regions, you can vote, vote in multiple regions. And then each region has a certain amount of votes for, plus percentage that they need to get in order to get the... Um, but do you in. as the voter just get one single vote? Oh, that I'm not 100% sure on. Okay, because I don't know how many votes you... I Like, you know, you know what's funny? We probably could... We could vote if we really applied for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I, the only person... Does Rich vote on it? No. Because I think he was talking about, like, hitting up Dave and getting a ballot. <laughs> he should. We, we all should. I mean, we all could. Or, yeah. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it, to be honest with you, because I kind of take it seriously. So I wouldn't even really do it um, necessarily. But, uh, yeah, I, um, I think Ishii's going to get in. Unless, 
you know, in the next couple of years, I think, uh, I think it'll be Ishii, Ibushi, Naito if I was to predict. Yeah, I know um, Brian and Dave were kind of talking about Ishii this past weekend, and, you know, Brian was kind of seeing Ishii as uh, similar to somebody like a Chris Benoit or Eddie Guerrero, where, like, the strength of them getting in the Hall of Fame was based off of their in-ring work, and he could see Ishii kind of falling in that pattern there. And like you mentioned, you really can't, can't deny Ishii's greatness, and every year he just keeps putting out banger after banger in all his matchups, and so... Yeah, I could see, obviously, Okada's going to eat up a lot of the votes next year, but I could see that Ishii kind of staying. Maybe it might not be a 15% bump next year, but over time it's going to increase. The one thing, though, I'll say Ibushi might have working for him if he wins the double uh, goals. That's why I said that. At Tokyo Dome, I could see that, and, and it has a good title reign, that could sway the uh, voters next year to potentially, um, you know, put some more votes towards Ibushi. Yeah, unfortunately for Naito, um, and he has quite a few credentials that would maybe, I don't think he's a slam dunk right now. And I know people are probably, uh, LIJ stands are probably thinking that's crazy. But, I mean, when you look at the criteria of what they're trying to aim for uh, when it comes to, the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he's not a Hall of Famer. I'm saying right now he's not a slam dunk. And part of it is so much of his career is defined by being chasing after the top guy spot. And then the few times he's had it, whether it's his fault or not, it hasn't really panned out the way that you would expect it to be. And a lot of his drawing power and popularity is kind of based off of his work in the intercontinental region, which, uh, I, I kind of think this past year hurts him. Yeah. Even though he only, he did go up by 2%. I mean, the culmination of his big story, winning the title, having this lengthy reign. I know it was interrupted, but still, uh, you would have kind of expected him to do a lot better. Um, and it, it wasn't really this, like, solidifying sort of thing yeah. for him. Who knows? Maybe if there was no COVID and things were, were supposed to happen the way they were, and maybe he would have had a better year, and that, that would have changed some voters' minds. But, yeah, coming back, jumping right into this evil rivalry, which produced, like, no good matches, um, and just not having great title reign, I think that, that that hurt. I guess the way I see it with Ibushi and Naito, yeah, they, they do have great resumes and a lot to, you know, um, go off of, especially Ibushi. But they're still kind of in transit with... Uh, you know, their placement in the company. Whereas with Ishii, things are kind of solidified. Like, he's got this great body of work. It's sort of unparalleled amongst all the workers in the company. And that's not going away. It doesn't matter if, you know, um, a year from now he stops working with the company. He still has that body of work. And it's always going to be pointed to. I think it's going to get him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, which a lot of some people who maybe are not as familiar with the company might not agree with that. But I mean, once you see the guy work, you're like, holy shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that's what I think is happening, which um, I think Ishii deserves to go in. Definitely. I, I mean, for 12 years now, maybe, maybe about, you can't have a conversation about who the best in the world is without talking about Ishii and he's never the top guy. And that's crazy. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you know, I know we haven't solidified our, um, you know, nominees <laughs> for Wrestler of the Year 
and this might be a little spoiler to talk about, but I feel like this could be potentially could be Ishii's year. I think I think twenty twenty might be. We'll see, but I think twenty twenty might be Tomohiro Ishii's yeah. year as well. I think he, I think he might. It's just funny because like uh, some of the other, like for instance, uh, Jcast they have like the underappreciated or unsung hero award. We don't have that, mm-hmm. and I think he's won that quite a few times. Where like he's the best guy who doesn't get recognized, but like I think he's gonna get recognized. I think he might like be the guy this year when it comes to wrestler of the year. We'll see. Yeah, he could pull. Yeah, pull that out in strong style fighter of the year. It's gonna be. It's gonna be close. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so. So uh, next question here from Senor Sombrero 3K says, I'm likely going to be isolating for two weeks. Can you recommend a year to watch all the bigger shows from pre-Dominion 2018? That is interesting. Um, hmm. Pre-2018. I mean, why don't you just go back to 2017? I don't know. <laughs> 2016 was dope. I was, I was, 2016 was what I was going to say. Um, I mean, when did a, a majority of the Okada Tanahashi rivalry take place? Was that 2014? Started in 2013. Yeah, so maybe 2014 might be a good year to. Anything from 2013 to now is great, but 2016 was like shit was on fire. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That would be my recommendation. Yeah, 2016 is a great year. Um, then last question here from Muzza. He says, with Survivor Series coming up, who would be in your NJPW Survivor Series team? His criteria is you have to pick one main eventer, one up-and-comer, has not to have won the world or IC title, and has to be a heavyweight, uh, one tag team, and one junior. Good luck. Okay. Um, you want to go back and forth? Yeah, and so are we doing like a draft style? Once we pick somebody, they're off. They're off the table. Okay. Okay. And um, who's going first? Want to play rock paper scissors for it? You know, I, I will default to you. I'll let you. I want you to go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Well, then for uh, my main adventure, I'm picking Kota Ibushi. I was gonna take Kota Ibushi, <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> oh, see, you should you should have gone first, pal. <laughs> I, I try to be the baby face. I try to put you over, let you go first. But, you know, you, you wanted to be the heel. You wanted to be cocky. You you, you wanted to go after me, and that's what All right, I'm that's fine. I'm going to take Tomohiro Ishii. All right, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to take uh, Okada. Okay. Then Wait, we're not going We're not going snake style? Oh, yeah, okay. We can go snake style. Okay. All right, well, then I want Ishii as my up-and-comer. <laughs> well, <laughs> that just sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> I, he I, said he said he's never won the world or IC title. Ishii, let's fucking run it. Uh, I am taking the dragon Shingo Takagi. Fuck. For my <laughs> up and comer. And then for my tag team, I will take the dangerous techers. All right. Well, then I'm taking Golden Ace. Okay. I can't. Well, you can't take Golden I Ace because I, I picked the Bushi. <laughs> oh, man. Um,. Who who who's in the junior division? Uh, as far as tag teams, yeah, uh, Rapungi 3K, um, Desperado and Kanemaru, fuck, Wato and Deguchi. <laughs> I could go mega coaches. Um, and you you can go there's God, you can go Goto Yoshihashi. This go, is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> you can go Tenkoji. 
You know what? I'll, I'll take the... Uh... Damn. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Rapongi 3K is fine. I'll okay. Um, and then your, your junior pick? Um, I will take... Oh, I've already got show. Um... I'm going to take Robbie Eagles. All right. Well, and and the only reason I'm not taking Hiromu is because my entire team is chaos, and I kept it on fucking brand because mm. we represent day one. Well, I will go with Hiromu Takahashi. So I have a mix of LIJ. I got Dangerous Techers, Suzuki Goon, and then uh, uh, and a Huntai. So nice. I, I got a, a full mix up there. I, I, I think our matchup would be a pretty good if our five on five they squared off. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, but my team is way more cohesive. Mm. You know what? I want to change my tag team. I'd rather go. Uh, oh, I definitely want to change my tag team. Can I change my tag team? Go, go for it. Actually, I want to change my last two picks entirely. Okay. I want uh, Yoshihashi. And Goto, and then my junior is gonna be Show. Okay, and I have a better team now. You do. That's yeah. a, that's a raw chaos team right there. Yeah, it's a fucking raw chaos team. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna raw dog it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, moving <laughs> on to the uh, recommended match of the week. Last week we had our great friend uh, Karen on the show. And she a picked, lot of positive feedback. People like Karen. Yeah, and so we'll definitely have to have bring her back into the, the rotation of guests here. Yo, and if you are out there and you're a, you know, competent, I mean, not just talker, like if you're out here putting in the work, reporting about New Japan, blogging about New Japan, doing shit like that, you know, we, we need to see your body work, of course, but we'd like to have some more guests in the future and change some shit up, especially if you want to come talk about Tag League and Super <laughs> Juniors, by all means. Yeah. Uh, so Karen, she was on last week. You can follow her on Twitter, at HeyKarenSensei. Uh, she picked our recommended match of the week, and it was uh, from Best of the Super Junior 25 uh, from Aichi, ironically the same city that the first uh, show was this year. Uh, was uh, Best Junior of June 25, uh, May 25th, 2018, Kushida defeating Show. You think about rewatching this match as one of your favorites? I, I, I fucking love this match. I said it last week. Um, it's so different from every. I mean, even since it happened, I can't think of another Super Juniors match that's been quite in the same style. Um, the thing that it reminds me of. I know I've said, like, World of Sport, and I know I mentioned, like, the Ryuma Go and Fujinami-style wrestling match, and it does remind me of those. But what it really reminds me of is, like, the next level of what the Young Lions matches are like, mm. you know? Yeah. More story, more more drama, but more time. But the same basic idea is that it's fundamental chain wrestling, just at the next high level, which... I, I'm a huge fan of that. That's what I like the most in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, in this style, I mean, it was a very kind of a heavy, like, MMA-based, grapple-heavy mm-hmm. style. These guys fighting in and out of guards, um, fighting for submissions. And here is where we're really starting to see show kind of break out with his individual move set. We're seeing him start to work for the arm bar 
and just kind of seeing some of the stuff that he has in his two bar, you know, both men going for knee bars, a lot of different submission holes, um, and really just kind of, you know, the beginning signs of, of the show that we see today. And what better person than Kushida, who has like that, that MMA background and, you know, the Sakuraba lock and the, the, the hoverboard lock and all those different submissions that he would do. Yeah, one of the things is, you know, when it comes to the MMA sort of thing or even, you know, I guess more appropriately termed shoot-style wrestling, um, you can incorporate some elements of that into your game, you know, as just a standard pro wrestler. We see that with Kushida. You know, he has his standard. He has some offense spots that are MMA-inspired and some, uh, you know, where he's taking, you know, quote-unquote the offense, where he's the one, you know, receiving but um, to actually work the style, the other guy has to know what they have to know it too. You can't just guide a guy through a match and have them work that style because there's a lot. It's it's not called really. It's very um, like in in jujitsu we call it rolling. You know, it's very roll heavy. You know, it's just kind of based off of reading what the other person is doing and kind of feeding for it and. Uh, you know, if you go into a BJJ class and you and you kind of know what you're doing, you're you're they have open mat. They're going to tell you today's roll day, and you're going to go like seventy percent is what they'll tell you. So that means like you're just working on techniques. You're not really trying to like, you know, yak the guy's knee off or whatever. Right? Yeah. In, in amateur wrestling, we would have days like that too. It's like you're going fifty percent. Don't kill the guy, but we want you to make sure you're getting the proper technique on the moves. Exactly, and that's what these guys are doing. And, and you can't do that in your normal everyday match if the other person doesn't know how to do it, you know, because then you're going to eat them alive, you know. That's why, like, when you see Zack Sabre, Zack Sabre doesn't, yes, it's technical wrestling, but it's almost like a quote-unquote fake technical wrestling because it's his own stylized version where he just moves around the guy and they don't right. have to do much. This is different. These are two guys who are working in conjun- conjunction with each other feeding moves, reversing moves, and, and it's all, you know, and there is the story with the arm that's in place here as well, which is really great. Um, yeah, I love Kushida versus show. It's, um, I think he's one of the few guys that Kushida could actually do that style with at the, at that time in yeah. the company, which was awesome. And I think this is one of these matches that kind of gets lost in Best of Super Junior, because it's one of those nights where it's an, it's an IEG, there's no commentary, um, it's just kind of, you know, in the middle of the tour, kind of one of those nights, and it kind of gets, you know, swept under the rug, and people, you know, you have people who are not always a big fan of the, the kind of grapple heavy or the shoot style, so it kind of got, you know, swept under the rug, but it's definitely a great matchup, one of the those kind of hidden gems, quote-unquote, from uh, Best Super Junior 25. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, agree. Agree. Um, it's also like, you know, we've talked in the past how sometimes those single cam shows can kind of be refreshing Mm -hmm. because it almost emulates the experience that you have when you're at a live show and for such a tech now for overall for the do i prefer to watch the whole show this way no i don't but uh as far as this match goes i mean having a bird's eye view and being able to kind of just see everything that they're doing it was awesome yeah you know um yeah i mean i can't praise this match enough and i liked it even i liked it a lot on the initial viewing and rewatching it, I like it even more. Um, the closest matchup stylistically I can point to, and it's not quite the same, but 
and I said it last week, but it's it's Sonata and uh, ZSJ. Yeah. And not even all their matches are like that, but like uh, the Tokyo Dome match this past year was very much but like yeah. that. And the first... The New Japan Cup match? Or no, I was going to say the first G1 match they had against one of yeah, them yeah, was yeah. very much like that. Um, I wish we could have seen more Kushida show, and that's another thing that's kind of great here is it's sort of like this is at the tail end of, of Kushida's run. Yeah. So, yeah, I love this match. It's awesome. Awesome recommend. I that's why we do the recommended match because there's a lot of great shit out there that like you kind of just forget about and I I definitely kind of remembered but un- until she said it, I was like oh yeah it's that match I love yeah uh, all right so now it's my turn for this week's recommended match of the week I have a banger here from us for um, from Power Struggle 2013 the Ace Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Tomohiro Ishii this yeah. this was awesome. My up and comer in the um, <laughs> five man elimination series. Yeah, yeah, yeah up and comer versus the ace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I can't you, wait to watch this. So yeah, that's that's my match. You guys can go ahead and check that out. And that's gonna wrap the show up this week. I know, kind of a kind of a short show here for you guys. We're uh, only you know a little bit over two hours here, bro. This took less time than, I mean, yes, recording the show should take less time than it takes to watch the shows, but like. This was less time, like, by a significant amount than the first night of the freaking... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So, that's going to wrap things up for this week. Next week, we'll be back to discuss uh, all those nights of World Tag League and the Super Juniors that we uh, previewed earlier. So, stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a show, regardless of what day... Our shows end up dropping. And if you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. Make sure to connect with us on social media. The show is at KI Strong Style. The network is at Social Suplex. You can follow me at Jeremy L. Donovan on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash social suplex. You can also find us in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash wrestling squared circle. On Instagram, we're at Social Suplex. On Reddit, on the Pro Black Guy, y'all just keeping it strong style. You can find us on Discord. There's a link to our Discord channel in the show description of this show. You can email me, Jeremy, at socialsuplex.com. Make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We have Foundation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. We have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show from Scotland. We have Grown Men Watch This Shit with Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryan. We have Grave Consequences with Caleb and Maserati. 8-Bit Suplex with Josh Number 2 and Sandy. We have All Things Elite with Floyd and Austin. And we have the Great Match Generator with uh, Danny and Beast Mike. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. And we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. It's you, Ben. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.